cool. Um, I've only ever done... Oh, baby. Um, I've only ever done one modeling gig. And that's all I'm gonna say about that. I didn't mean for it to say, actually, you know what? That's not all I'm gonna say about it, because when I leave it there, it sounds super lewd. No, um, it wasn't. I've just, uh, it was, it was very goofy that I would ever end up on a modeling gig. It was very weird, but, but now that, that, it was for jeans. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Now, folks, I think you know what time it is. It's time to talk about what we uh, what we read last week. What did we see last week? What did we listen to last week? Daddy Trucker was in there so ready. I didn't even put the question up, and, and Daddy Trucker must have had that one, like, loaded up. <laughs> Smash the enter key. Okay, now, um, chapters 22 and 23. The Deathly Hallows and Malfoy Manor. Um, in the Deathly Hallows, we have just been at the, the, the home of the Lovegoods. We've been talking to Xenophilius Lovegood, and... Um, it's been a boy. Uh, that was a long day for the trio here, Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Um, they show up at the Love Goods. They're expecting uh, 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 Luna there. I almost called her Lily. Um, expecting Luna there, and um, uh, it turns out she is not. And as a matter of fact, Xenophilius Lovegood is being pressured because his daughter has been captured um, to try and deliver Harry Potter into the hands of the Death Eaters. And um, <clears throat> Hello, new folks. And by the way, yeah, Hogwarts Hippie. Hogwarts Hippie now has the uh, the gift leader number one. So Hogwarts Hippie, thank you very much. I appreciate that a ton. Giving gifts. Um, does anybody know how the gifts work when you purchase them? Does Sam get the money? Um, I do. I get a cut of it. Um, I get, uh, let's see, 50%. And if I can get up to partner at some point, um, then I can get 80% of the cut. So yeah, that stuff, that is that is one of the things that really helps me to um, make the, I've talked about it before, make the numbers work for helping me to stream more often. Um, I would love to get to a, I would really enjoy getting to the point where I could, I could do this full time. I could do new shows all the time. Um, Ashmore, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And, uh, oh, the hype train has begun. Folks, it's four minutes and 42 seconds. Welcome to the hype train. Uh, we've had a couple of conductors in the past, and I think tonight it looks like it's going to be Hawk, uh, Hogwarts Hippie. Hogwarts, excuse me? That's a whole different school. That's the... That's the knockoff school. That's the that's the sort of like correspondence course uh, for magic. Um, but yeah, Ashmore, thank you so much. Thank you for kicking it off. Um, uh, yeah, folks, um, I appreciate all of you, <laughs> Ashmore. Thank you very much for sending the bits in there. We're on level three somehow. I don't know why we're on level three immediately, but hey, we're six percent of the way through. Tally ho. <laughs> Ew, what's that? No knockoffs. Sorry, I'm sorry. There, you're right. There is the there is only the original. There is no Hogwarts hippie. There's just Hogwarts hippie, um, uh, the writer, the the Harry Potter super fan, and the very very the the incredible member of the sidecar stories community, Hogwarts hippie. There's just the one, folks. Um, and uh, Ashmore, thank you very much once more for uh, giving a gift out to Baby Zay. All right, I gotta keep rolling. Everyone, thank you very much for uh, for <laughs> jumping onto the hype train, our little Hogwarts Express here in chat. Thank you so much, Jade Dragon. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. And guess what, Jade Dragon, you didn't explicitly go for Harry Potter stuff, but you were sharing about the channel before. And so you know what, I'm going for it. You get a bean today, if you wish. 
I know you typically listen over in uh, Discord. Um, I don't see you there right now, so I got to assume you must be listening here. Uh, Jess Brown and Ashmore, uh, Shotzi, thank you so much. Um, and uh, Scar Love It with a three month. Thank you. Thank you all. Man, this is, see, this is the stuff. This is the stuff. I, 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 I've been thinking a lot this week. Um, like I said, I was a bit up in my head. And um, a lot of that was related to just like, this is not my, my, hmm. I was a planner, shall we say. I was a big planner um, when I was young. And so I had big plans. Uh, I had very specific plans. And frankly, those have not been what my life has turned out to look like. Um, sometimes I find myself elated at that notion. Um, I, you know, that's super exciting. And sometimes, um, I don't know, it's sort of a destabilizing feeling. Um, I, I wonder sometimes, you know, what, how, how different would my life look? Um, and, uh, well, sometimes, uh, when y'all are helping me to make sense of this, to make this sort of work in my life and, uh, you know, have this be something where, you know, you're, I don't know, where, where it's clearly important to you, like it's important to me, um, it makes a little bit more sense that my plans did not go as I thought they might. Oh boy. I really appreciate you all. Ashmore, thank you. Um, Everybody, everybody for jumping on. I really, really appreciate it. Um, now, uh, I suppose at this point we should probably continue. Um, uh, now, we have, uh, basically we have followed Harry, Ron, and Hermione around the country. They have been um, adventuring, basically. They've been looking for leads. Where do they go next? What do they have to, what do, they have to do next? Um, and there's a disagreement in the group. Do they pursue the Deathly Hallows, even though these things are probably fake, right? Harry is sure that they are real. Hermione is sure that they, this is just, you know, fairy tales that people tell their kids. Um, they're trying to decide, do we go for Hallows or do we go for Horcruxes? Hermione and Ron with her uh, insist that it's it, it is Dumbledore's mission for us to go after the Horcruxes. That's what he said. Um, but Harry insists that just too many things make sense for the Hallows not to be important. They must be important. So, um, they are trying to decide between those two options, um, especially after almost getting caught by Death Eaters at the Lovegood's place. Um, they spend some time. Uh, Ron is finally able to get the... Uh, tap into the... Um, wireless, the sort of wizarding radio program, uh, Potter Watch. Um, and they are going to be, uh, they, they, they spend some time listening to, you know, familiar voices. Uh, Fred, George, Lee Jordan, um, uh, Lupin, Kingsley is on there, uh, just talking about how best to um, be a part of the resistance. Everyone, it looks like the hype train was a success. Such strong support, it says. Why do I feel like that's like a moon moon quote? Okay. Thank you very much, everybody. Yeah, throwing out nine subs in there. I appreciate that so much. No sound from Sam. Is that true? Or is it just Teen Bean? Nothing should have changed on my end. Y'all y'all let me know if that's true. Otherwise, you y'all might have to help Teen Bean. Honestly, the they typically boot up on uh they typically boot up muted, so you might have to uh you might have to let Teen Bean know. Um 
let's see. So, um, they they catch up with that. Um, let's see. What else? It's been a while since I had one of these disjointed ones. Like I said, it's been it's been kind of an odd week for me. Um, uh, but to listen through that, uh, as of the end of that program, they get to, dis- to a discussion about Voldemort, and Harry accidentally says the name. He says Voldemort, which in the past has been sort of a sign of strength, but now it has something called a taboo on it, um, which means that it can be tracked. When someone says the name Voldemort, they can be tracked, um, and immediately snatchers show up. Now, these are not Death Eaters, precisely. Um, They are people who um, gather up folks that are on the list of uh, undesirables, um, they've been called uh, in the books, but basically people who are on the uh, the ministries list and thereby we know um, on the Death Eaters list, and they collect them and turn them in for profit. Um, They they include Fenrir Greyback, the notably vicious um, uh, werewolf, and uh, they bring them off to Malfoy Manor, where we have some of the most harrowing scenes of this entire series. Hermione is held upstairs by Bellatrix Lestrange and tortured regarding the uh, origins of this sword that they now have in their possession, the Sword of Gryffindor. Um, it seems very important to Bellatrix to find out whether or not this is the real one or how they were able to get into her vault, because remember, she believes that it is in her vault at Hogwarts. We, in the background, know that that is, um, well, that's a fake sword up in there. Um, But, uh, yeah, as we we continue, um, basically Harry and Ron are taken downstairs where they find that um, they are imprisoned with Luna and Ollivander. Um, uh, As well as, let's see, who else was it? Dean Thomas, I believe, is down there. But, um, uh, yeah, Luna and then Ollivander the Wandmaker. in uh, a whirlwind of you know sudden sort of plot points here, um, they are able to um, somehow uh, signal out uh, from this basement, and uh, Dobby the house elf shows up. Um, in a reaction to this noise, um, the folks upstairs, which include Lucius Malfoy, his wife uh, Draco Malfoy, Bellatrix Lestrange, uh, Fenrir Greyback, uh, they send down Wormtail who tries to overpower um, Ron and Harry, who have sort of broken themselves free and sent um, uh, sent Luna and Ollivander to disapparate out to Shell Cottage with, um, uh, with Dobby. Um, Dobby will be returning to try and get them out of there as well, but uh, for the moment they send them off, and then it's just Harry and Ron in the basement. They overpower Wormtail, and Wormtail shows just a moment of hesitation, which causes, it seems the silver hand granted to him by Voldemort to choke him. And Wormtail dies there in that basement. Ron and Harry fight their way upstairs um, to, tr- to free Hermione. Um, uh, Voldemort is called. Harry and Ron uh, manage to get Hermione away from Bellatrix. Um, it is an incredibly tense scene, and as Dobby shows up to um, snatch them all out of there, um, Dobby catches Bellatrix's knife as it was thrown uh, in his chest. And at the very end of our last chapter last week, Dobby passed away. It was a... It was a devastating chapter. We've talked about loyalty. We've talked about um, you know how important Dobby has been to this entire series, to the Resistance, to Harry himself... 
I'm not going to dwell on that. I think we have enough in the past. But Memnite, good to see you here. How are you, bud? Good to have you back. Uh, Ashmore, thank you very much. Uh, it's Toxic. Thank you very much for jumping in. Uh, welcome to Scooter Patrol. My name is Sam. This is Sidecar Stories, and we are about to commence our first chapter for the night. Chapter 23. I think I already did that wrong. Chapter 24. Two quick reminders before we go in. First of all, this weekend is Kids on Bikes, this Saturday. So, um, the day after tomorrow, yeah, the day after tomorrow, uh, starting at noon Pacific time, so um, four hours earlier than this, whatever time that is for you, we're playing Kids on Bikes. Uh, it is a storytelling game, which means we are going to be telling a story in the same sort of genre as uh, Stranger Things, that sort of thing. You'll definitely want to be there. Um, if you want to know more about that... Um, you can find the link right there. Uh, that's just a little brief to, you know, who are the characters, where are we going to be? Um, you can follow that link. And then the second reminder is, don't forget, um, we changed our beans rules last week a little bit. The existing rules are still in place, but... Um, if you tell a friend about this and uh, they show up here and I see the follow over on the side there um, and, uh, and they mention that you're the one what brung them... Um, I'll add an extra bean onto the pile, because why not? It seems like a good idea. Um, uh, as such, you're going to want to, like, let your friends know now while we're still at the beginning here so they don't miss much. All right. Folks, thank you very much for joining me today. Let's get into our chapter. Chapter 24. The Wand Maker. It was like sinking into an old nightmare. For an instant, Harry knelt again beside Dumbledore's body at the foot of the tallest tower at Hogwarts. But in reality, he was staring at a tiny body, curled upon the grass, pierced by Bellatrix's silver knife. Harry's voice was still saying, Dobby! Dobby. Even though he knew that the elf had gone where he could not call him back. After a minute or so, he realized that they had, after all, come to the right place. For here were Bill and Fleur, Dean and Luna, gathering around him as he knelt over the elf. Hermione, he said suddenly, where is she? Ron's taking her inside said Bill. She'll be all right. Harry looked back down at Dobby. He stretched out a hand and pulled the sharp blade from the elf's body, then dragged off his own jacket and covered Dobby in it like a blanket. The sea was rushing against rock somewhere nearby. Harry listened to it while the others talked, discussing matters in which he could take no interest, making decisions. Dean carried the injured grip hook into the house, Fleur hurrying with them. Now Bill was making suggestions about burying the elf. Harry agreed without really knowing what he was saying. As he did so, he gazed down at the tiny body, and his scar prickled and burned. And in one part of his mind, 
Viewed as if from the wrong end of a long telescope, he saw Voldemort punishing those they had left behind at Malfoy Manor. His rage was dreadful, and yet Harry's grief for Dobby seemed to diminish it, so that it became a distant storm that reached Harry from across a vast, silent ocean. I want to do it properly, were the first words of which Harry was fully conscious of speaking. Not by magic. Have you got a spade? And shortly afterward he had set to work, alone, digging the grave in the place that Bill had shown him at the end of the garden, between bushes. He dug with a kind of fury, relishing the manual work, glorying in the non-magic of it, for every drop of his sweat and every blister felt like a gift to the elf who had saved their lives. His scar burned, but he was master of the pain. He felt it, yet was apart from it. He had learned control at last, learned to shut his mind to Voldemort, the very thing Dumbledore had wanted him to learn from Snape. Just as Voldemort had not been able to possess Harry while Harry was consumed with grief for Sirius, so his thoughts could not penetrate Harry now, while he mourned Dobby. Grief, it seemed, drove Voldemort out, though Dumbledore, of course, would have said that it was love. On Harry dug, deeper and deeper into the cold, hard earth, subsuming his grief in sweat, denying the pain in his scar. In the darkness, with nothing but the sound of his own breath and the rushing sea to keep him company, the things that had happened at the Malfoys returned to him. The things that he had heard came back to him, and understanding blossomed in the darkness. The steady rhythm of his arms beat time with his thoughts. Hallows, horcruxes, hallows, horcruxes. Yet he no longer burned with that weird, obsessive longing. Loss and fear had snuffed it out. He felt as though he had been slapped awake again. Deeper and deeper, Harry sank into the grave. And he knew where Voldemort had been tonight, and whom he had killed atop the highest cell of Nurmengard, and why. And he thought of Wormtail, dead because of one small, unconscious impulse of mercy. Dumbledore had foreseen that. How much more had he known? Harry lost track of time. He knew only that the darkness had lightened a few degrees when he was rejoined by Ron and Dean. How's Hermione? Better, said Ron. Fleur's looking after her. Harry had his retort ready for when they asked him why he had not simply created a perfect grave with his wand, but he did not need it. They jumped down into the hole he had made with spades of their own and together they worked in silence until the hole seemed deep enough. Harry wrapped the elf more snugly in his jacket. Ron sat on the edge of the grave and stripped off his socks and shoes, which he placed at the elf's bare feet. Dean produced a woolen hat, which Harry placed carefully upon Dobby's head, 
muffling his bat-like ears. We should close his eyes. Harry had not heard the others coming through the darkness. Bill was wearing a traveling cloak. Fleur, a large white apron, from the pocket of which protruded a bottle of what Harry recognized to be Skelligro. Hermione was wrapped in a borrowed dressing gown, pale and unsteady on her feet. Ron put an arm around her when she reached him. Luna, who was huddled in one of Fleur's coats, crouched down and placed her fingers tenderly upon each of the elf's eyelids, sliding them down over his glassy stare. There, she said softly. Now, you could be sleeping. Harry placed the elf into the grave, arranged his tiny limbs so that he might have been resting, and then climbed out and gazed for the last time on the little body. He forced himself not to break down as he remembered Dumbledore's funeral, and the rows and rows of golden chairs and the Minister of Magic in the front row, the recitation of Dumbledore's achievements, the stateliness of the white marble tomb. He felt that Dobby deserved just as grand a funeral. And yet, here the elf lay, between bushes in a roughly dug hole. I think we ought to say something, piped up Luna. I'll go first, shall I? And as everybody looked at her, she addressed the dead elf at the bottom of the grave. Thank you so much, Dobby, for rescuing me from that cellar. It's so unfair that you had to die when you were so good and brave. I'll always remember what you did for us. I hope you're happy now. She turned and looked expectantly at Ron, who cleared his throat and said in a thick voice, Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Dobby. Thanks, muttered Dean. Harry swallowed. Goodbye, Dobby, he said. It was all he could manage, but Luna had said it all for him. Bill raised his wand, and the pile of earth beside the grave rose up into the air and fell neatly upon it, a small reddish mound. Do you mind if I stay here for a moment? he asked the others. They murmured words he did not catch. He felt gentle pats upon his back, and then they all traipsed back toward the cottage, leaving Harry alone beside the elf. He looked around. There were a number of large white stones, smoothed by the sea, marking the edge of the flower beds. He picked up one of the largest and laid it pillow-like over the place where Dobby's head now rested. He then felt in his pocket for his wand. There were two in there. He had forgotten, lost track. He could not now remember whose wands these were. He seemed to remember wrenching them out of someone's hand. He selected the shorter of the two, which felt friendlier in his hand, and pointed it at the rock. Slowly, under his murmured instructions, deep cuts appeared upon the rock's surface. He knew that Hermione would have done it more neatly, 
and probably more quickly, but he wanted to mark the spot as he wanted to dig the grave. When Harry stood up again, the stone read, Here lies Dobby, a free elf. He looked down at his handiwork for a few more seconds and then walked away, his scar still prickling a little and his mind full of those things that had come to him in the grave, ideas that had taken shape in the darkness, ideas both fascinating and terrible. They were all sitting in the living room when he entered the little hall, their attention focused upon Bill, who was talking. The room was light-colored, pretty with a small fire of driftwood burning brightly in the fireplace. Harry did not want to drop mud upon the carpet, so he stood in the doorway, listening. Lucky that Ginny's on holiday. If she'd been at Hogwarts, they could have taken her before we reached her. Now we know that she's safe, too. He looked around and saw Harry standing there. I've been getting them all out of the burrow, he explained. Moved them to Muriel's. The Death Eaters know that runs with you now. They're bound to target the family. Don't apologize, he added at the sight of Harry's expression. It was always a matter of time. Dad's been saying so for months. We are the biggest blood traitor family that there is. How are they protected? asked Harry. Fidelius Charm. Dad's the secret keeper. And we've done it on this cottage too. I'm the secret keeper here. None of us can go to work, but that's hardly the most important thing right now. Once Ollivander and Griphook are well enough, we'll move them to Muriel's too. There isn't much room here, but she's got plenty. Griphook's legs are on the mend. Fleur's giving him skill a grow. We could probably move them in an hour or... No, Harry said, and Bill looked startled. I need both of them here. I need to talk to them. It's important. He heard the authority in his own voice, the conviction, the sense of purpose that had come to him as he dug Dobby's grave. All of their faces were turned toward him, looking puzzled. I'm going to wash, Harry told Bill, looking down at his hands, still covered in mud and Dobby's blood. Then I'll need to see them straight away. He walked into the little kitchen, to the basin beneath a window overlooking the sea. Dawn was breaking over the horizon, shell pink and faintly gold. As he watched, again following the train of thought that had come to him in the dark garden, Dobby would never again be able to tell them who had sent him to the cellar, but Harry knew what he had seen. A piercing blue eye had looked out of the mirror fragment. And then, help had come. Help will always be given at Hogwarts to those who ask for it. Harry dried his hands, impervious to the beauty of the scene outside the window and to the murmuring of the others in the sitting room. He looked out over the ocean and felt closer this dawn than ever before, closer to the heart of it all. And still his scar prickled, and he knew that Voldemort was getting there, too. Harry understood, and yet did not understand. His instinct was telling him one thing, his brain quite another. The Dumbledore in Harry's head smiled, surveying Harry over the tips of his fingers, 
pressing them together as if in prayer. You gave Ron the Deluminator. You understood him. You gave him a way back. And you understood Wormtail, too. You knew that there was a bit of regret there, somewhere. And if you knew them, what did you know about me, Dumbledore? Am I meant to know, but not to seek? Did you know how hard I would find that? Is that why you made it this difficult? So I'd have time to work that out. Harry stood quite still, eyes glazed, watching the place where a bright gold rim of dazzling sun was rising over the horizon. Then he looked down at his clean hands and was momentarily surprised to see the cloth he was holding in them. He set it down and returned to the hall. And as he did so, he felt his scar pulse angrily, and there flashed across his mind, swift as the reflection of a dragonfly over water, the outline of a building he knew extremely well. Bill and Fleur were standing at the foot of the stairs. I need to talk to Griphook and Ollivander, Harry said. No, said Fleur. You'll have to wait, Harry. They are both ill and tired. I'm sorry, he said without heat, but it can't wait. I need to talk to them now, privately and separately. It's urgent. Harry, what the hell's going on? asked Bill. You turn up here with a dead house elf and a half-conscious goblin, and mine looks as though she's been tortured, and Ron's just refused to tell me anything. We can't tell you what we're doing, said Harry flatly. You're in the order, Bill. You know that Dumbledore left us a mission. We're not supposed to talk about it to anyone else. Fleur made an impatient noise, but Bill did not look at her. He was staring at Harry. His deeply scarred face was hard to read. Finally, Bill said, All right. Who do you want to talk to first? Harry hesitated. He knew what hung on his decision. There was hardly any time left. Now was the moment to decide. Horcruxes or Hallows. Griphook, Harry said. I'll speak to Griphook first. His heart was racing as if he had been sprinting and had just cleared an enormous obstacle. All right, up here then, said Bill, leading the way. Harry had walked up several steps before stopping and looking back. I need you two as well, he called to Ron and Hermione, who had been skulking half-concealed in the doorway of the sitting room. They both moved into the light, looking oddly relieved. How are you? Harry asked Hermione. You were amazing. Coming up with that story when she was hurting you like that. Hermione gave a weak smile as Ron gave her a one-armed squeeze. What's we doing now, Harry? He asked. You'll see. Come on. Harry, Ron, and Hermione followed Bill up the steep stairs to a small landing. Three doors led off it. In here said Bill, opening the door into his and Fleur's room. It, too, had a view of the sea, now flecked with gold in the sunrise. Harry moved to the window, turned his back on the spectacular view, and waited, his arms folded, his scar prickling. Hermione took the chair beside the dressing table. Ron sat on the arm. Bill reappeared, 
carrying the little goblin whom he set down carefully upon the bed. Griphook grunted thanks, and Bill left, closing the door on them all. "'I'm sorry to take you out of bed,' said Harry. "'How are your legs?' "'Painful, but mending,' replied the goblin. He was still clutching the sword of Gryffindor, and wore a strange look, half truculent, half intrigued. Harry noted the goblin's sallow skin, his long, thin fingers, his black eyes. Fleur had removed his shoes. His feet were long and dirty. He was larger than a house elf, but not by much. His domed head was much bigger than a human's. "'You probably don't remember,' Harry began. "'That I was the goblin who showed you to your vault. "'The first time you ever visited Gringotts,' said Griphook. "'I remember Harry Potter. "'Even among goblins you're very famous.' Harry and the goblin looked up at each other, sizing one another up. Harry's scar was still prickling. He wanted to get through this interview with Griphook quickly, and at the same time was afraid of making a false move. While he tried to decide the best way to approach his request, the goblin broke the silence. "'You buried the elf,' he said, sounding unexpectedly rancorous. "'I washed you from the window of the bedroom next door.' "'Yes,' said Harry. Griphook looked at him out of the corners of his slanting black eyes. You are a very unusual wizard, Harry Potter. In what way? asked Harry, rubbing his scar absently. You dug the grave. So? Griphook did not answer. Harry rather thought he was being sneered at for acting like a muggle, but it did not much matter to him whether Griphook approved of Dobby's grave or not. He gathered himself for the attack. Griphook, I need to ask. You also rescued a goblin. What? You brought me here. Saved me. Well, I take it that you're not sorry, said Harry a little impatiently. No, Harry Potter, said Griphook. With one finger, he twisted the thin little beard upon his chin. But you are a very odd wizard. Right, said Harry. Well, I need some help, Griphook, and you can give it to me. The goblin made no sign of encouragement, but continued to frown at Harry as though he had never seen anything like him. I need to break into a Gringotts vault. Harry had not meant to say it so baldly. The words were forced from him as pain shot through his lightning scar, and he saw again the outline of Hogwarts. He closed his mind firmly. He needed to deal with Griphook first. Ron and Hermione were staring at Harry as though he had gone mad. Harry? said Hermione, but she was cut off by Griphook. Break into a Gringotts vault, repeated the goblin, wincing a little as he shifted his position upon the bed. It is impossible. No, it's not, Ron contradicted him. It's been done. Yeah, said Harry. The same day that I first met you, Griphook. My birthday seven years ago. The vault in question was empty at the time, snapped the goblin, 
and Harry understood that even though Griphook had left Gringotts, he was offended at the idea of its defenses being breached. Its prediction was minimal. Well, the vault that we need to get into isn't empty, and I'm guessing its protection will be pretty powerful, said Harry. It belongs to the Lestranges. He saw Hermione and Ron look at each other, astonished, but there would be time enough to explain after Griphook had given his answer. You have no chance, said Griphook flatly. No chance at all. If you seek beneath our floors a treasure that was never yours, thief, you have been warned, beware. Yes, I know, I remember. But I'm not trying to get myself any treasure. I'm not trying to take anything for personal gain. Can you believe that? The goblin looked slantwise at Harry, and the lightning scar on his forehead prickled. But he ignored it, refusing to acknowledge its pain or its invitation. If there was a wizard of whom I would believe that they did not seek personal gain, said Griphook finally, it would be you, Harry Potter. Goblins and elves are not supposed to... Oh. Goblins and elves are not used to the protection or respect that you have shown on this night. Not from wand carriers. Wand carriers, repeated Harry. The phrase felt odd upon his ears, and his scar prickled as Voldemort turned his thoughts northward, and Harry burned to question Ollivander next door. "'The right to carry a wand,' said the goblin quietly, "'has long been contested with wizards and goblins.' "'What goblins can do magic without wands?' said Ron. "'That is immaterial. Wizards refuse to share the secrets of wand law with other magical beings.' They deny us the possibility of extending our powers. Well, goblins don't share any of their magic either, said Ron. You won't tell us how to make swords and armour the way that you do. Goblins know how to work metal in a way that wizards have never... It doesn't matter, said Harry, noting Griphook's rising colour. This isn't about wizards versus goblins or any sort of magical creature. Griphook gave a nasty laugh. But it is... It is about precisely that. As the Dark Lord becomes even more powerful, your race is still more firmly set above mine. Gringotts falls under wizarding rule, house elves are slaughtered, and who amongst the one carriers protests? We do, said Hermione. She had sat up straight, her eyes bright. We protest, and I'm hunted quite as much as any goblin or elf grip hook. I'm a mudblood. You shouldn't call yourself... Ron muttered. Why shouldn't I? said Hermione. Mud blood and proud of it. I've got no higher position under this new order than you have, Griphook. It was me that they chose to torture back at the Malfoys. As she spoke, she pulled aside the neck of her dressing gown to reveal the thin cut Bellatrix had made, scarlet against her throat. Did you know that it was Harry who set Dobby free? she asked. Did you know that we've wanted elves to be freed for years? Ron fidgeted uncomfortably on the arm of Hermione's chair. You can't want you-know-who defeated more than we do, Griphook. The goblin gazed at Hermione with the same curiosity he had shown Harry. What do you seek within the Lestrange's vault? he asked abruptly. The sword that lies inside it is a fake. This is the real one. He looked from one of them to the other. I think 
that you already know this. You asked me to lie for you back there. But the fake sword isn't the only thing in that vault, is it? asked Harry. Perhaps you've seen the other things in there. His heart was pounding harder than ever. He redoubled his efforts to ignore the pulsing of the scar. The goblin twisted his beard around his finger again. It is against our code to speak of the secrets of Gringotts. We are the guardians of fabulous treasures. We have a duty to the objects placed in our care, which were, so often, wrought by our fingers. The goblin stroked the sword, and his black eyes roved from Harry to Hermione to Ron, and then back again. So young, he said finally, to be fighting so many. Will you help us? said Harry. We haven't got a hope of breaking in without a goblin's help. You are our one chance. I shall think about it, said Griphook maddeningly. But, Ron started angrily. Hermione nudged him in the ribs. Thank you, said Harry. The goblin bowed his great domed head in acknowledgement and then flexed his short legs. I think, he said, settling himself ostentatiously upon Bill and Fleur's bed, that the Skelligry has finished its work. I may be able to sleep at last. Forgive me. Oh, yes, of course, said Harry. But before leaving the room, he leaned forward and took the sword of Gryffindor from beside the goblin. Griphook did not protest, but Harry thought he saw resentment in the goblin's eyes as he closed the door behind him. Little git, whispered Ron. He's enjoying keeping us hanging. Harry, whispered Hermione, pulling them both away from the door into the middle of the still dark landing. Are you saying what I think you're saying? Are you saying that there's a Horcrux inside the Lestrange's vault? Yes, said Harry. Bellatrix was terrified when she thought that we had been in there. She was beside herself. Why? What did she think that we had seen? What else did she think we might have taken? Something that she was petrified you-know-who would find out about. But I thought that we were looking for places that you-know-who has been. Places that he's done something important, said Ron, looking baffled. Was, was he ever inside the Lestrange's vault? I don't know whether he was ever inside Gringotts, said Harry. He never had gold there when he was younger because nobody had left him anything. He would have seen the bank from the outside, though, the first time that he ever went to Diagon Alley. Harry's scar throbbed, but he ignored it. He wanted Ron and Hermione to understand about Gringotts before they spoke to Ollivander. I think he would have envied anyone who had a key to a Gringotts vault. I think he'd have seen it as a real symbol of belonging to the Wizarding World. And don't forget, he trusted Bellatrix and her husband. They were his most devoted servants before he fell and they went back looking for him after he vanished. He said it the night that he came back. I heard him. Harry rubbed his scar. I don't think that he would have told Bellatrix that it was a Horcrux, though. He never told Lucius Malfoy the truth about the diary. He probably told her it was a, a treasured possession, and asked her to place it in her vault. The safest place in the world for anything that you want to hide. Hagrid told me that. Except for Hogwarts. When Harry had finished speaking, Ron shook his head. 
You really understand him? Bits of him, said Harry. Bits. I just wish I understood Dumbledore as much. But we'll see. Come on, Ollivander now. Ron and Hermione looked bewildered but impressed as they followed him across the little landing and knocked upon the door opposite Bill and Fleur's. A week. Come in, answered them. The wand maker was lying on the twin bed farthest from the window. He had been held in the cellar for more than a year, and tortured, Harry knew, on at least one occasion. He was emaciated, the bones of his face sticking out sharply against the yellowish skin. His great silver eyes seemed vast in their sunken sockets. The hands that lay upon the blanket could have belonged to a skeleton. Harry sat down beside the empty bed, beside Ron and Hermione. The rising sun was not visible here. The room faced the clifftop garden and the freshly dug grave. Mr. Ollivander, I'm sorry to disturb you, Harry said. My dear boy, Ollivander's voice was feeble. You rescued us. I thought that we would die in that place. I can never thank you. Never thank you enough. We were glad to do it. Harry's scar throbbed. He knew he was certain there was hardly any time left with which to beat Voldemort to his goal, or else to attempt to thwart him. He felt a flutter of panic, yet he had made his decision when he chose to speak to Griphook first. Feigning a calm that he did not feel, he groped in the pouch around his neck and took out two halves of the broken wand. Mr. Ollivander, I need some help. Anything? Anything, said the wand maker weakly. Can you mend this? Is it possible? Ollivander held out a trembling hand, and Harry placed the two barely connected halves into his palm. Holly and Phoenix Feather, said Ollivander in a tremulous voice. Eleven inches. Nice and supple. Yes, said Harry. Can you... No, whispered Ollivander. I am sorry, very sorry, but a wand that has suffered this degree of damage cannot be repaired by any means that I know of. Harry had been braced to hear it, but it was a blow nevertheless. He took the wand halves back and replaced them in the pouch around his neck. Ollivander stared at the place where the shattered wand had vanished and did not look away until Harry had taken from his pocket the two wands he had brought back from the Malfoys. Can you identify these? The wand maker took the first of the wands and held it close to his faded eyes, rolling it between his knobble-knuckled fingers, flexing it slightly. Walnut and dragon heartstring, he said. Twelve and three-quarter inches. Unyielding, this wand belonged to Bellatrix Lestrange. And this one? 
Ollivander performed the same examination. Hawthorn and unicorn hair, ten inches precisely, reasonably springy. This was the wand of Draco Malfoy. Was, repeated Harry. Isn't it still his? Perhaps not. If you took it. I did. And it may be yours. Of course, the manner of taking matters much also depends upon the wand itself. In general, however, where a wand has been won, its allegiance will change. There was silence in the room, except for the distant rushing of the sea. "'You talk about wands like they've got feelings,' said Harry, "'like they can think for themselves.' The wand chooses the wizard, said Ollivander, and much has always been clear to those of us who studied wand law. A person can still use a wand that hasn't chosen them, though, asked Harry. Oh, yes, if you are any wizard at all, you will be able to channel your magic through almost any instrument. The best results, however, must always come where there is a strong affinity between wizard and wand. These connections are complex. An initial attraction and a mutual quest for experience, the wand learning from the wizard, the wizard from the wand. The sea gushed backward and forward. It was a mournful sound. I took this wand from Draco Malfoy by force said Harry. Can I use it safely? I think so. Subtle laws govern wand ownership, but the conquered wand will usually bend its will to its new master. So I should use this one, said Ron, pulling Wormtail's wand out of his pocket and handing it to Ollivander. Chestnut and... Dragon heart string, nine and a quarter inches, brittle. I was forced to make this shortly after my kidnapping for Peter Pettigrew. Yes, if you want it, it is more likely to do your bidding and to do it well than any other wand. And this holds true for all wands, does it? asked Harry. I think so, replied Ollivander his protuberant eyes upon Harry's face. "'You ask deep questions, Mr. Potter. Wandlor is a complex and mysterious branch of magic.' "'So it isn't necessary to kill the previous owner to take true possession of a wand?' asked Harry. Ollivander swallowed. "'Necessary?' No, I should not say that it is necessary to kill. There are legends, though, said Harry, and his heart rate quickened. The pain in his scar became more intense. He was sure that Voldemort had decided to put his idea into action. Legends about a wand, or wands, that have passed from hand to hand by murder. Ollivander turned pale. Against the snowy pillow he was light gray, and his eyes were enormous, bloodshot, and bulging with what looked like fear. 
Only one wand, I think, he whispered. And you know who is interested in it, isn't he? asked Harry. Hey, how? croaked Ollivander, and he looked appealingly at Ron and Hermione for help. How do you know this? He wanted you to tell him how to overcome the connection between our wands, said Harry. Ollivander looked terrified. He tortured me. He tortured me. You must understand that the Cruciatus curse. I, I had no choice but to tell him what I knew, what, what I guessed. I understand, said Harry. You told him about the twin cause. He said he just had to borrow another wizard's wand. Ollivander looked horrified, transfixed by the amount that Harry knew. He nodded slowly. But it didn't work, Harry went on. Mine still beat the borrowed wand. Do you know why that is? Ollivander shook his head as slowly as he had just nodded. I had never heard of such a thing. Your wand performed something unique that night. The connection of the twin cause is incredibly rare. Yet why your wand should have snapped the borrowed wand, I do not know. We were talking about the other wand, the one that changes hands by murder. When you know who realized that my wand had done something strange, he came back and asked about that other wand, didn't he? How do you know this? Harry did not answer. Yes. He asked, whispered Ollivander. He wanted to know everything I could tell him about the wand variously known as the Death Stick, the Wand of Destiny, or the Elder Wand. Harry glanced sideways at Hermione. She looked flabbergasted. The Dark Lord, said Ollivander in hushed and frightened tones, had always been happy with the wand I made him. You and Phoenix Feather, thirteen and a half inches, until he discovered the connection of the twin cores. Now he seeks another, more powerful wand as the only way to conquer yours. But he'll know soon, if he doesn't already, that mine is broken beyond repair, said Harry quietly. No, said Hermione, sounding frightened. He can't know that, Harry. How could he possibly... Priori incantatum, said Harry. We left your wand and the Blackthorn wand at the Malfoys, Hermione. If they examine them properly, make them recreate the spells that they've cast already, they'll be able to see that mine is broken. They'll see that you tried and failed to mend it, and they'll realize that I've been using the Blackthorn wand ever since. The little color she had regained since their arrival had drained from her face. Ron gave Harry a reproachful look and said, Let's not worry about that right now. But Mr. Ollivander intervened. The Dark Lord no longer seeks the Elder Wand only for your destruction, uh, Mr. Potter. He is determined to possess it because he believes it will make him truly invulnerable. And will it? 
The owner of the Elder Wand must always fear attack, said Ollivander. But the idea, the idea of the Dark Lord in possession of the Death Stick is, I must admit, formidable. Harry was suddenly reminded of how he had been unsure when they first met, how much he liked Ollivander. Even now, having been tortured and imprisoned by Voldemort, the idea of the dark wizard in possession of this wand seemed to enthrall him as much as it repulsed him. You... you really think that this wand exists, then, Mr. Ollivander? asked Hermione. Oh, yes, said Ollivander. Yes, it is perfectly possible to trace the wand's course through history. There are gaps, of course, and long ones, where it vanishes from view. Temporarily lost or hidden, but it always resurfaces. It has a certain identifying characteristics to those who are learned about wand law, for them to recognize... There are written accounts, some of them obscure, that I and other wand-makers have made it our business to study. They have the ring of authenticity. So, you... you don't think it can be a, a fairy tale or a myth? Hermione asked hopefully. No, said Ollivander. Whether it needs to pass by murder, I do not know. Its history is bloody, but it may be simply due to the fact that it is such a desirable object and arouses such passions in wizards. Immensely powerful, dangerous in the wrong hands, and an object of incredible fascination to all of us who study the power of wands. Mr. Ollivander, said Harry, you told you-know-who that Grigorovich had the Elder Wand, didn't you? Ollivander turned, if possible, even paler. He looked ghostly as he gulped. What? How? How did you? Never mind how I know it, said Harry, closing his eyes momentarily as his scar burned and he saw for a mere second a vision of the main street in Hogsmeade, still dark because it was so much further north. You told you-know-who that Grigorovich had the wand. It was a rumor, whispered Ollivander. A rumor years and years ago, long before you were born. I believe Grigorovich himself started it. You can see how good it would be for business that he was studying and duplicating the qualities of the Elder Wand. Yes, I can see that, said Harry. He stood up. Mr. Ollivander, one last thing. Then we'll let you get some rest. What do you know about the Deathly Hallows? The... the... what? Asked the wandmaker, looking utterly bewildered. The Deathly Hallows. No, I, I, I'm afraid I don't know what you're talking about. Is this still something to do with wands? Harry looked into the sunken face and believed that Ollivander was not acting. He did not know about the Hallows. "'Thank you,' said Harry. "'Thank you very much. We'll leave you to get some rest now.' 
Ollivander looked stricken. He was torturing me, he gasped. Crutiatus curse you have no idea. I do, said Harry. I really do. Please get some rest. Thank you for telling me all of this. He led Ron and Hermione down the staircase. Harry caught a glimpse of Bill, Fleur, Luna, and Dean sitting at the kitchen. At a table, cups of tea in front of them. They all looked up at Harry as he appeared in the doorway, but he merely nodded to them and continued into the garden, Ron and Hermione behind him. The reddish mound of earth that covered Dobby lay ahead, and Harry walked back to it, as the pain in his head built more and more powerfully. It was a huge effort now to close down the visions that were forcing themselves upon him, but he knew he would have to resist only a little longer. He would yield very soon, because he needed to know that his theory was right. He must make only one more short effort, so that he could explain to Ron and Hermione. Grigorovich had the Elder Wand a long time ago, he said. I saw you-know-who trying to find him. When he tracked him down, he found that Grigorovich didn't have it anymore. It was stolen from him by Grindelwald. How Grindelwald found out that Grigorovich had it, I don't know. But if Grigorovich was stupid enough to spread the rumor, it can't have been that difficult. Voldemort was at the gates of Hogwarts. Harry could see him standing there and see, too, the lamp bobbing in the pre-dawn, coming closer and closer. And Grindelwald used the Elder Wand to become powerful. At the height of his power, when Dumbledore knew that he was the only one who could stop him, he dueled Grindelwald and beat him, and he took the Elder Wand. Dumbledore had the Elder Wand, said Ron. But then where, where is it right now? At Hogwarts, said Harry, fighting to remain with them at the Clifftop Garden. Well, okay, but let's go then, said Ron urgently. Harry, let's go, let's get it before he does... It's too late for that, said Harry. He could not help himself, but clutched at his head, trying to help it resist. He knows where it is. He's there now. Harry, said Ron furiously. How long have you known this? Why have we been wasting time? Why did you talk to Griphook first? We could have been gone. We could still go. No, said Harry, and he sank to his knees in the grass. Hermione's right. Dumbledore didn't want me to have it. He didn't want me to take it. He wanted me to get the Horcruxes. The unbeatable wand, Harry, moaned Ron. I'm not supposed... I'm supposed to get the Horcruxes. And now everything was cool and dark. The sun was barely visible over the horizon as he glided alongside Snape, up along the grounds toward the lake. I shall join you in the castle shortly, he said in his high, cold voice. Leave me now. Snape bowed and set off up the path, his black cloak billowing beside him. Harry walked slowly, waiting for Snape's figure to disappear. It would not do for Snape, or indeed anyone else, to see what he was doing. 
but there were no lights in the castle windows, and he could conceal himself. And in a second he had cast upon himself a disillusionment charm that hid him from even his own eyes. And he walked on, around the edge of the lake, taking in the outlines of the beloved castle, his first kingdom, his birthright. And here it was, beside the lake, reflected in the dark waters, the white marble tomb, an unnecessarily blot on the familiar landscape. He felt again that rush of controlled euphoria, that heady sense of purpose in destruction. He raised the old yew wand. How fitting that this would be its last great act. The tomb split open from head to foot. The shrouded figure was as long and thin as it had been in life. He raised the wand again. The wrappings fell open. The face was translucent, pale, sunken, yet almost perfectly preserved. They had left his spectacles on the crooked nose. He felt amused derision. Voldemort's hands were folded upon his chest, and there it lay, clutched beneath them, buried with him. Had the old fool imagined that marble or death would protect the wand? He had thought that the Dark Lord would be scared to violate his tomb. The spider-like hand swooped and pulled the wand from Dumbledore's grasp, and as he took it, a shower of sparks flew from its tip, sparkling over the corpse of its last owner, ready to serve a new master at last. That is the end of our first chapter of the night. Nasty Hudson, by the way, I caught your I caught your compliment in there. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. This is um I figure this is one of the more look, if I'm gonna be if I'm gonna be the god brother of all you folks, then I need some like some real good brotherly attire, and I figure like big old chunky cardigan, a sweet a, uh, a sweet Henley. This is honestly this is my favorite kind of stuff to wear. Um uh, many of y'all might have been aware of this. I don't love the heat, and so I can't actually wear sweaters, even though I would really like to be a guy who could wear sweaters. Can't do it. Um, if I can't, like, open it up in front, I can't wear it. I get claustrophobic. Thank you all very much. So, our first chapter for the night. Um, I want to remind you all a couple of things. First of all, Kids on Bikes. That's this weekend. That is this weekend. Once again, um, if you want to find the uh, session zero for that um, and more information, you can use this command. You can just follow this link, um, as I mentioned before. Uh, now, if you are watching this on YouTube, that means that the, the moment has passed. It was this weekend, but uh, the video will be up on, uh, on the YouTube um, I'll probably be releasing it in parts, I think, uh, over the course of November, I imagine. But uh, yeah, if you want to be with us for that live, that is on the night of Halloween, on the day of Halloween, uh, at 12 p.m. Pacific time. So whatever time Harry Potter starts for you, four hours earlier than that. Lisa says you would love Southern Illinois right now. I absolutely would love Southern Illinois right now. We're definitely having sweater, sweater weather. Yeah, I would for sure. Yeah, Rubik's. So that's what we're doing on Halloween. Kids on bikes. Um, it is a storytelling game. Um, uh, 
this is how, you know, I, I think there have been a lot of ways in which people have played tabletop RPGs, including Dungeons and Dragons. Some folks really use them, um, you know, like kind of strategy games. For me and my purposes, all tabletop RPGs are storytelling tools. And um, if, you've, if you've ever wondered what is it like to play one of these games or what is it like to tell a story... Um, uh, that sort of use dice to surprise you in the moment and take you in new directions. Um, I think Kids on Bikes would be a great way to do it. It's a very simple game. Um, and frankly, like, you can probably get a decent idea of how the game itself works um, if you just come and listen. But, uh, uh, yeah, that's going to be on That's going to be on Saturday, so come hang out on Saturday. I'm very much looking forward to it. I think it's one of the most, like, it's one of the big bucket list things uh, for me is, is uh, doing something like that. So... Thank you very much for uh, all the excitement that you've had about it already. Um, I appreciate it a ton. Um, and uh, thank you all for being here today. I hope you're all doing great. Uh, as per usual, I'm going to take a quick break, uh, and then we're going to come back. But before I go, uh, I'm going to leave you all with a um, with a uh, sort of chapter break question. Chatter break question. Um, Hogwarts Hippie says, Sam, any info on watching uh, Harry Potter Deathly Hallows 1 together online? Not yet. Are we going to do it? Yes. Um, when? I don't know yet. I would say, I would say honestly, like, November seems like the, a good time to make that happen. Um, I think I might be getting kind of busy uh, with some some unrelated stuff with my sort of, my, with my day job, basically, um, in December. Um, so I would say, yeah, I would say November, honestly. I think, I think. November is is going to be the month to make that happen. Um, I did mood swing. Never you fear. I've got it. I can actually still feel. I've got a little bit of water in my mustache. Um but uh, <laughs> thank you, by the way. Uh, and good to see you again, Mood Swing. Um, I won't blow your cover. I'm not going to tell anyone. Um, uh, it's just uh, somebody related to someone else in chat. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, thank you all very much for being here. Um, as, far as, as far as the watch party for um, the seventh movie, we're going to do it. I don't know when, but we're going to do it. Because that sounds like super exciting to me. I want to actually do it. I would love to do it here on Twitch because we can do watch parties like that on Twitch. Um, one of the things that they, one of the advantages over um, Mixer. Um, uh, so yeah, I'm, I would love to do that like as a stream, and we can all hang out here and chat and watch the movie together. I think that'd be fantastic. Um, everyone, thank you for being with me here. Let's talk chatter break question, and then I'm going to take my break. It's going to be five minutes, and then we're going to be back with our second chapter for the night. Our second chapter is a short one. Um, so be ye, be ye forewarned, be ye aware. Uh, Discord works too, says Mirrodin. Fantastic. Um, by the way, uh, everyone who has joined us uh, in the interim, thank you so much for being here. Uh, one, two, three, Levi. Hello, Ad Vocal. Hi, how's it going? Um, Joseph Hartzler and Louise Allen over there. How's it going in Discord? And uh, to all of you here, thank you so much for joining me. Um, uh, I, it's been it's been a great one so far. Uh, but yeah. Teen Bean, what is the question? So, what do we want to talk about here? What, what do you what do you all think is sort of the most important thing to talk about with this chapter? Um, I think if it were, if my my first instinct tells me it's the decision that Harry makes here, right? It's the decision Harry makes between um, uh, between the well, basically, is he going to chase Horcruxes or Hallows? We've discussed this in the past in sort of a macro sense, but um, he has made a decision in a, a very small moment. Who is he going to talk to first, Griphook or Ollivander? And in that moment, he decides 
he is not going to go to Hogwarts and try to beat Voldemort to the Elder Wand because he could. He he has this idea that he could do this. You know, as we look back through this chapter, we we sort of we can realize that Harry knew what Voldemort was up to, knew where he was headed, and in spite of this, allowed allowed Voldemort to get there first. The question is. Why? And I think that's what we're going to talk about. Why would Harry do this? I think that's going to be our Chatterbreak question. So there's our Chatterbreak question in big words, large size font. Why does Harry allow Voldemort to get to the Elder Wand? Okay, so we've got a couple of things. Let's see. Uh, Memento Mori is is uh, suggesting something. Don't forget to... Yes, absolutely. Don't forget to get out and vote if you live in the United States, absolutely. Yeah, if you're if you are tuning in from the U.S., go vote. Um, and if you uh, if you have a mail-in ballot, go drop it off somewhere. Um, uh, drop it off at, at one of the designated drop boxes. You can find those really easily. Um, but uh, I would suggest maybe with how the USPS is looking right now, maybe don't mail it in. So drop box that thing. Drop box that vote. Um, and uh, yeah, everyone who has not yet voted, uh, vote. I can't. Is real. I cannot. Drop I, box. <laughs> cannot uh, um, emphasize that enough. So thank you, Memento Mori. Um, and uh, there's actually one quick thing to cheer to to clear up. I think Jess said it. Um, so Jess says he can't stream the movie. As far as I know, there is actually a thing on um, uh, on Twitch called I think it's just called Twitch Watch Parties. But uh, yeah, I just I just stream my face and it puts up a stream where it will just put my face cam up onto that. So it's essentially going to look to y'all. Just basically like I'm streaming it to you myself. But yes, uh, we can do that. I am trying to make sure that I can... There is not a great way to track like which ones are going to be available at which times. Um, but my plan is to do a watch party in that, assuming it is available as part of that watch party catalog. Uh, so, um, yeah, I would say I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure that out and... Uh, <laughs> I will have news for you, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm just trying to clear this this uh, kids on bikes thing. That's sort of my biggest project right now, and then uh, yeah, I can think about that a little bit more, uh, a little bit more. So there's our question, there's our chatterbreak question. Why does Harry let Voldemort get to the Elder Wand first? I will be right back. I'll see you in five minutes for another chapter. See you in a bit. Bye bye. And Twitch, how are y'all doing? <laughs> Discord. There is one advantage to listening on Discord. Unfortunately, you can't you can't see the uh, the artwork that I've put up. Um, but the advantage is that you get the the weird little like 10, 20, 15 second <laughs> pre-show um, before I go live on Twitch. Before I sort of switch screens over um, to come say hi to y'all. Because um, <laughs> I have to like slowly ease them in. Uh, they don't have the fader like I do uh, or like we do over on Twitch. So it's just coming in real hot. Anyway, folks, how are you? Um, and Shotzi over in um, over in Discord brings up a great point. Uh, Discord does not buffer as much. So if you're working on a low connection, um, and uh, especially if you've tried the Twitch audio only version, um, like you can you can set Twitch to audio only. Um, if you've tried that and that's still not working, uh, typically Discord will have less buffering. So if you're just having like if your connection just isn't working great with Twitch, you can head over to Discord. Um, and the link for that is if you're watching on YouTube, it's in the description box. And if you're here, it is right there. Boom, it's in chat now. Okay. So an interesting chatter break question and lots of interesting answers, which I love. Um, 
Uh, Memento says, yay, commercial occurs at the appropriate time. Yes, so um, for those of you who don't know, I'm just always going to run a commercial during that time. Um, during the during the, the the during my break, basically, if I'm not here on stream, that's why I'm, that's when I'm always going to run the ad because it turns off like automatic mid roll ads, so we don't get interrupted in the middle of a of a chapter. I've said it before. Um, if anybody has questions, would you <laughs> would you uh, alert them of that? Because I recognize like you know sometimes especially if I've mentioned to if I've failed to mention that I'm going to be running one, it might sound like some bunk, but. Uh, Yes, I'm going to be running it during those breaks so we don't get interrupted. It's got me a, a little intimidating timer over at the top right corner of the screen where my, sort of like my safe window. It appears that the longer the ad, the longer the window is. I don't know. I'm going to have to mess around with it. But everyone, some great answers about this Chatterbreak question. So the question was, why did Harry allow Voldemort to get to the Elder Wand? Um, and I'm just going to, I think I'm just going to have to pick up at like a random spot in here. Um, uh, because boy, there are a lot of answers to this, which is fantastic. I love that. Um, let me see. I believe Harry, let's see. Jess Brown says, I believe, uh, one, Harry realized Voldemort was going after the wand. Uh, maybe it was supposed to say once Harry realized Voldemort was going after the wand, he realized it was too late to get it. And I feel like he thinks the wand is one of those tasks he was given to do. I also don't think he was ready to face Voldemort yet, so he didn't want to risk running into him. Okay, so it's not that... So, yeah, Jess Brown is saying, it's not that Harry doesn't believe, like, this is something he has to do. It's that Harry believes this is something he has to do, and so he can sort of guess by that, I might not be sort of powerful enough to do this yet. You know, a little bit like a little bit like he knows, like, eventually he's going to have to go deal with Voldemort in some way, um, but he's not just rushing off to fight Voldemort. So he kind of believes this is a responsibility, and therefore it has to be undertaken with some great caution. Um, let's see. Mood Swing says it was just too risky at the time, I think. Um, Ron, Ron seems pretty sure that they could have gotten there first if they if they hadn't gone to talk to Griphook first. Um, I don't know. Um, Molly Wobble says, I don't think Harry would have broken into Dumbledore's grave to get the wand, and there's no point in confronting Voldemort yet until he's destroyed more Horcruxes. I gotcha. So he doesn't want to sort of place himself in Voldemort's line of fire yet until he's, you know, until he's sure with the other responsibilities that he's got. Plus, yeah, there is that thing where Dumbledore, excuse me, Harry would have had to crack open Dumbledore's tomb, which would have been tough. I think he would have been willing to do it, but it would have been tough. Um... Let's see. I think Dumbledore... Rowlet says, uh, I think Dumbledore doesn't want Harry focusing on the Hallows. Um, because there's this Horcrux issue, indeed. Um, boy, there's a lot to talk about in chat. Um, let's see. Hogwarts Hippie says, Van says lies. I think Dumbledore um, didn't secure the wand because he knew it wouldn't matter as much. Um, interesting. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> um... Uh, Damaso says, Damaso or Damaso? <laughs> A or B? Um, also, Voldy can fly. You can't apparate on the grounds. Wouldn't get there in time. Okay, so yeah, there's the issue of just like, if we both apparate to Hogsmeade at the same time, who's going to get to the grounds of Hogwarts first? Well, there is that flying thing, isn't there? Jubilee says, I think Harry made the choice who he spoke to first. Uh, that decided what he would go for. The sword or the wand. You can say MD, honestly. Okay, that will be easier for me, probably. So MD, all right, that I can work with. Jade Dragon says, I think Harry believes Dumbledore meant for Voldemort to get it. Now that's an interesting theory. Interesting. Interesting. 
All right, folks, are you ready to get back into it? I certainly am, which means that we are about to do some uh, review. What did we just see in our last chapter? Ashmore, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you for sending in some some early beans. I love the... Uh, <laughs> I, th I mean, I don't think they're technically pride beans, but look, that's what I'm going to call them. Uh, Dumbledore does things very methodically, says Hogwarts Hippie. Yes. Wildcard says, missed the first chapter, just stopped by to say hi. Hello, Wildcard. Thank you for being here. Uh, yeah, this will be up on two weeks. This will be up for two weeks, I should say, on Twitch. And then, uh, yeah, you can catch it over in uh, one week. I post these, and if you're watching on YouTube, this sentence is for you. Ooh, boy. I got the mumble mouth going. Scream about to go real wonky. Um... If you're watching this on YouTube, this sentence is for you. Um, I post these exactly 24... Well, assuming my uploading goes correctly. I found out I have to use a specific browser, otherwise YouTube won't like it. Um, uh, assuming everything goes correctly, I upload these to premiere exactly 24 hours before the next episode. Which means you're going to be watching this, if you're watching the premiere, on a Wednesday night... Um, come back at the exact same time the next day, and you can find our live show here on Twitch. Fantastic. Jem uh, says, yeah, Harry did the human thing and buried Dobby. That is where our review begins. Uh, Harry did indeed bury Dobby. Um, and not just the human thing, but also sort of like um, he handled it in a very dignified and methodical way. He decided not to use magic, which is an interesting detail. He, he dug the hole by hand um, and buried Dobby, which impresses their new goblin um, sort of compatriot. Uh, Griphook the Goblin. This is the Goblin who uh, Harry first met uh, back in Gringotts, the first time he went there. Um, and overall, it's a uh, it's a bit of a strange discussion because Harry has to decide between between Griphook and Ollivander who he's going to get information from first. And he decides in a decision we don't really understand fully until the end of the chapter how important this decision is to talk to Griphook first. He speaks with Griphook about his new plan, which is, it seems, drastic. He wants to break into a Gringotts vault, and not just any vault at Gringotts, but the vault of the Lestrange family. Uh, we know Bellatrix Lestrange, of course, um, because he believes that there might be a, a Horcrux in there. Um, after this, he goes and speaks to Ollivander about wand lore, specifically the lore around the Death Stick, or the Elder Wand. Um... Ollivander has sort of a weird set of knowledge about this, because we would expect that if someone knows about the Elder Wand, of course they would know about the Deathly Hallows, but he has a bunch of information about the sort of the history of the Elder Wand, including the fact that the the wand maker Grigorovich, there was a rumor that he had it, that Grigorovich had the Elder Wand, but he doesn't know, Ollivander doesn't know anything about the, the Deathly Hallows. This is news to him. So, Harry comes to a realization. He traces in his mind the recent history of the Elder Wand. It has gone from um, uh, sort of being lost to history to somehow ending up in the possession of Grigorovich. Now, that would be an interesting story, now, wouldn't it? How did Grigorovich come about, uh, come about the wand? How did he come to be the owner of this wand? Very interesting question. We know that Voldemort was hunting Grigorovich for this reason, so we know Voldemort knows about the Elder Wand and is heading after it. However, we see as, uh, from the, boy oh boy, here we go, we see, we are reading this through Harry's eyes, of course, into Voldemort's eyes as he has this vision, into Grigorovich's eyes as, um, uh, as, uh, as Voldemort, um, goes into Grigorovich's memories. We see, sometime long ago, 
The wand was stolen by a young Gellert Grindelwald, who eventually would become one of the greatest dark, one of the, not, not greatest, that has too many positive connotations, one of the most powerful dark wizards in all of history. Um, as such, uh, uh, Harry knows that he has traced this um, from Lost to History to Grigorovich to Grindelwald and then to Dumbledore because Dumbledore was the one who defeated Grindelwald um, in, a, uh, in a, uh, a wizarding duel. Now, how did Dumbledore defeat an undefeatable wand? We don't know. How can that be the case? But Dumbledore had the wand, which means Dumbledore died with the wand. So Harry knows where the death stick is, where the Elder Wand is. It is currently in Dumbledore's tomb. It was buried with him, because Dumbledore was buried with his wand. And as he proceeds, as we get to the end of this chapter, he sees in his mind's eye, Voldemort has gone to Hogwarts. This is in real time. This is not a memory. Voldemort has gone to Hogwarts. He has cracked open Dumbledore's tomb and he is now in possession of the Elder Wand. That is where we're at. And folks, I want to thank you all so very much for joining me here tonight. It's <laughs> Mootswing just says, it's Dumbledore, don't question it. It's just, pfft, don't question it. <laughs> um, yeah, Van Saves Live says, he barely hit it. Um, let's see. Okay, so, uh, everyone, I want to thank you so much for being here. Um, I think, uh, I, I am very much looking forward to this chapter. It's going to be a bit of a shorter one, a couple of reminders as we proceed. Um, I think in the future I may limit our sort of, um, like, uh, Twittering and such to, um, to happening, the stuff that happens before the break. Um, now, if you've got friends who are going to show up here for the second, uh, the second chapter, that is totally fine, but I need some point where I can actually go in and read those things without, like, taking time out of the stream to do so. Um, uh, let's see. Well, Hogwarts Hippie, I mean, I can only assume you are very familiar with all this already. I, I skipped some things because I assumed that you knew what you were talking about, what you were, uh, what you were going through here based on, based on, uh, your experience with the series, but I might be wrong. I could very well be wrong about that. But look, pay no... This is your first read, Hogwarts Hippie. Are you kidding? Hold on a second. Is it actually true? Hogwarts Hippie, what have you done here? Hold on. <laughs> is this really your first read-through? Oh my god. Okay, well, I would have... Okay, so well, you're you're definitely dedicated to it, but I, I, I just assumed that... Uh, I think mostly based on the name that uh, you had... You had been... I don't know. In my head, you had read this like two or three times. I would have, I would have, I would have bet money on that. <laughs> okay. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Is this a? You just love Harry Potter? Okay. So this is a. You you've seen the movies, but you have not read the books before. There's a. There is a. There is some some new and interesting detail in here. We need a designated list of the newbies. <laughs> we need yeah, like a newbies directory. Um, oh boy. Um, Look, I, I mean, I'll say it. Yeah, like some of you have had uh, theories that are correct. Some of you are incorrect in your theories. Um, but uh, look, hey, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna blow it for y'all. <laughs> All right, everyone, thank you very much for being here. Um, I also want to say that uh, it's really funny because my views are, I've, I've, I've currently got exactly 4,000 views and I've got 398 followers, which means that y'all basically, each one of you give me 
um, 10 views, which is a pretty incredible, <laughs> is a pretty incredible rating. Um, essentially y'all have been, y'all have been very generous when, when you show up, you show up for a lot. So I want to say thank you all very much. Um, uh, yeah, like for, thank you for all of your attention. I appreciate it a ton. Uh, now let us proceed into our next chapter. Remember, this is going to be a bit of a shorter one and, uh, Hey, if you get some folks in here, you can add beans to the pile. If I see that follow over on the right and they tell me that you, you brought them here, uh, I'll add an, I'll, I'll add a bean to our bad beans at the end. Maria says, I bet this is an awesome way to first experience the Harry Potter books. I hope so. That is my hope. Now, with that in mind, with that, with that, that lofty purpose in mind, let us proceed to our next chapter. This is our last chapter for the night, and it is called Shell Cottage. And unlike the last two or three weeks in a row, I'm going to get the chapter number correct the first time this time. Thank you, Addy. I appreciate it. All right. Let's go into it. And of course, folks, as I've said before, um... All of your generosity mid-chapter, I appreciate it so much. I will come back to it during a chatter break or after the chapter is over um, so that I don't interrupt things for everyone. Thank you all so much for being here. Let's go! I'm going to sneeze is the problem, so I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to go until I sneeze. Chapter 25. Shell Cottage. Bill and Fleur's cottage stood alone on a cliff overlooking the sea. Its walls embedded with shells and whitewashed. It was a lonely and beautiful place. Wherever Harry went inside the tiny cottage or its garden, he could hear the constant ebb and flow of the sea, like the breathing of some great slumbering creature. He spent much of the next few days making excuses to escape the overcrowded cottage craving the cliff-top view of the open sky and wide, empty sea, and the feel of cold, salty wind on his face. The enormity of his decision not to race Voldemort to the wand still scared Harry. He could not remember, ever before, choosing not to act. He was full of doubts. Doubts that Ron could not help voicing whenever they were together. What if Dumbledore wanted us to work out the symbol in time to get the wand? What if, if working out that symbol meant that you were worthy to get the Allos? And if that really is the Elder Wand, how the hell are we supposed to finish off you-know-who? Harry had no answers. There were moments when he wondered whether it had been outright madness not to try and prevent Voldemort breaking open the tomb. He could not even explain satisfactorily why he had decided against it. Every time he tried to reconstruct the internal arguments that had led to this decision, they sounded feebler to him. The odd thing was that Hermione's support made him feel just as confused as Ron's doubts. Now forced to accept that the Elder Wand was real, she maintained it was an evil object, and the only way that Voldemort had taken possession of it was repellent, was not to be considered. You could never have done that, Harry, she said again and again. You couldn't have broken into Dumbledore's grave. But the idea of Dumbledore's corpse frightened Harry much less than the possibility that he might have misunderstood the living Dumbledore's intentions. He felt that he was still groping in the dark. He had chosen his path, but he kept looking back, wondering whether he had misread the signs, whether he should not have taken the other way. From time to time... 
Anger at Dumbledore crashed over him again, powerful as the waves slamming themselves against the cliff beneath the cottage. Anger that Dumbledore had not explained before he died. But is he dead? said Ron, three days after they had arrived at the cottage. Harry had been staring over the wall that separated the cottage garden from the cliff when Ron and Hermione had found him. He wished they had not, having no wish to join them in their argument. Yes, he is, Ron. Please don't start that again. But look at the facts, Hermione, said Ron, speaking across Harry, who continued to gaze at the horizon. The silver door, the sword, the eye that Harry saw in the mirror. Harry admits he could have imagined the eye. Don't you, Harry? I could have, said Harry, without looking at her. But you don't think that he did, though, did you? Asked Ron. No, I don't, said Harry. There you go, said Ron quickly, before Hermione could carry on. If it wasn't Dumbledore, explain how Dobby knew that we were in the cellar, Hermione. I can't. But can you explain how Dumbledore sent him to us if he's lying in a tomb at Hogwarts? I don't know. It, it, it could have been his ghost. Dumbledore wouldn't come back as a ghost, said Harry. There was little about Dumbledore he was sure of now, but he knew that much. He would have gone on. What do you mean, gone on? asked Ron. But before Harry could say any more, a voice behind them said, Harry? Fleur had come out of the cottage her long silver hair flying in the breeze. Harry, Gripbrook would like to speak to you. He is in the smallest bedroom. He says that he does not want to be overheard. Her dislike of the goblin sending her to deliver messages was clear. She looked irritable as she walked back around the house. Griphook was waiting for them, as Fleur had said, in the tiniest of the cottage's three bedrooms, in which Hermione and Luna slept by night. He had drawn the red cotton curtains against the bright, cloudy sky, which gave the room a fiery glow at odds with the rest of the airy, light cottage. "'I have reached my decision, Harry Potter,' said the goblin, who was sitting cross-legged in a low chair, drumming its arms with its spindly fingers. "'Though the goblins of Gringotts will consider it base treachery, I have decided to help you.' "'That's great!' said Harry, relief surging through him. Griphook, thank you. We're really... In return, said the goblin firmly, for payment. Slightly taken aback, Harry hesitated. How much do you want? I've got gold. Not gold, said Griphook. I have gold. His black eyes glittered. There were no whites to his eyes. I want the sword. The sword of Godric Gryffindor. Harry's spirits plummeted. You can't have that, he said. I'm sorry. Then, said the goblin softly, we have a problem. We can give you something else, said Ron eagerly. But little strangers have got loads of stuff you can take your pick once we get inside the vault. He had said the wrong thing. Griphook flushed angrily. I am not a thief, boy. I am not trying to procure treasures to which I have no right. 
The sword is ours. It is not, said the goblin. But we're Gryffindors. It was Godric Gryffindors. And before it was Gryffindors, whose was it? demanded the goblin, sitting straight up. No one's, said Ron. It was made for him, wasn't it? No, cried the goblin, bristling with anger as he pointed a long finger at Ron. Wizarding arrogance again. That sword was Ragnarok the First's, taken from him by Godric Gryffindor. It is a lost treasure, a masterpiece of goblin work. It belongs with the goblins. The sword is the price of my hire. Take it or leave it. Griphook glared at them. Harry glanced at the other two, then said, We need to discuss this, Griphook, if that's all right. Could you give us a few minutes? The goblin nodded, looking sour. Downstairs, in the empty sitting room, Harry walked to the fireplace, brow furrowed, trying to think what to do. Behind him, Ron said, He's having a laugh. We we can't give him that sword. Is it true? Harry asked Hermione. Was the sword stolen by Gryffindor? I, I don't know, she said hopelessly. Wizarding history often skates over what the wizards have done to the other magical races, but this... There's no account that I know of that says Gryffindor stole the sword. It'll be one of those old goblin stories, said Ron. About how the wizards are always trying to get one over on them. I suppose we should think ourselves lucky that he hasn't asked for one of our wands. Goblins have got a good reason to dislike wizards, Ron, said Hermione. They've been treated brutally in the past. Yeah, well... (laughs) "'Goblins aren't exactly fluffy little bunnies, though, are they?' said Ron. "'They've killed plenty of us. They've fought dirty, too.' "'But arguing with Griphook about whose race is the most underhanded and violent "'isn't going to make him more likely to help us, is it?' "'There was a pause while they tried to think. "'Think of a way to get around the problem. "'Harry looked out of the window at Dobby's grave.' Luna was arranging sea lavender in a jam jar beside the headstone. Okay, said Ron, and Harry turned back to face him. How's this? We tell Griphook that we need the sword until we get inside the vault, and then he can have it. There's a fake in there, isn't there? So we switch him, and we give him the fake. Ron, he would know the difference better than we would, said Hermione. He's the one... Who realised that there had been a swap? Yeah, but we could scarp her before he realises. He quailed beneath the look Hermione was giving him. That, she said quietly, is despicable. Ask for his help and then double-cross him, and you wonder why goblins don't like wizards, Ron? Ron's ears had turned red. All right, then. It's the only thing I can think of. What's your solution, then? We need to offer him something else, something just as valuable. Brilliant, I'll go and get one of our other ancient goblin-made swords and you can gift-wrap it for him. Silence fell between them. Harry was sure that the goblin would accept nothing but the sword, even if they had something as valuable to offer him. Yet the sword was their one indispensable weapon against the Horcruxes. He closed his eyes for a moment or two and listened to the rush of the sea. The idea that Gryffindor might have the stolen sword was unpleasant to him. He'd always been proud to be a Gryffindor. 
Gryffindor had been the champion of Mogulborns, the wizard who had clashed with the pure-blood-loving Slytherin. Maybe he's lying, Harry said, opening his eyes. Griphook. Maybe Gryffindor didn't take the sword. How do we know that the goblin version of history is right? Does it make a difference? asked Hermione. It changes how I feel about it, said Harry. He took a deep breath. We'll tell them he can have the sword back after he's helped us get into the vault. But we'll be careful to avoid telling him exactly when he can have it. A grin spread slowly across Ron's face. Hermione, however, looked alarmed. Harry, we can't. He can have it, Harry went on, after we've used it on all of the Horcruxes. I'll make sure that he gets it then. I will keep my word. But that could be years, said Hermione. I know that, but he needn't. I won't be lying, really. Harry met her eyes with a mixture of defiance and shame. He remembered the words that had been engraved over the gateway to Nurmengard. For the greater good. He pushed the idea away. What choice did they have? I don't like it, said Hermione. Nor do I much, Harry admitted. Well, I think it's genius, said Ron, standing up again. Let's go and tell him. Back in the smallest room, Harry made the offer, careful to phrase it so as not to give any definite time for the handover of the sword. Hermione frowned at the floor while he was speaking. He felt irritated at her, afraid she might give the game away. However... Griphook had eyes for nobody but Harry. "'I have your word, Harry Potter, that you will give me the sword of Gryffindor if I help you.' "'Yes,' said Harry. "'Then shake,' said the goblin, holding out his hand. Harry took it and shook. He wondered whether those black eyes saw any misgivings in his own. Then Griphook relinquished him, clapped his hands together and said, So, we begin. It was like planning to break into the ministry all over again. They settled to work in the smallest bedroom, which was kept, according to Griphook's preference, in semi-darkness. I have visited the Lestrange's vault only once, Griphook told them. On the occasion that I was told to place inside it the false sword. It is one of the most ancient chambers. The oldest wizarding families store their treasures at the deepest level, where the vaults are largest and best protected. They remained shut in the cupboard-like room for hours at a time. Slowly, the days stretched into weeks. There was a problem after a problem to overcome, not least of which was that their store of polyjuice potion was greatly depleted. There's really only enough left for one of us, said Hermione, tilting the thick mud-like potion against the lamplight. That will be enough, said Harry, who was examining Griphook's hand-drawn map of the deepest passageways. The other inhabitants of Shell Cottage could hardly fail to notice that something was going on, now that Harry, Ron, and Hermione only emerged for mealtimes. Nobody asked questions, although Harry often felt Bill's eyes on the three of them at the table, thoughtful 
concerned. The longer they spent together, the more Harry realized he did not much like the goblin. Griphook was unexpectedly bloodthirsty, laughed at the idea of pain in lesser creatures, and seemed to relish the possibility that they would have to hurt other wizards to reach the Lestrange's vault. Harry could tell that his distaste was shared by the other two, but they did not discuss it. They needed Griphook. The goblin ate only grudgingly with the rest of them. Even after his legs had mended, he continued to request trays of food in his room, like the still frail Ollivander, until Bill, following an angry outburst from Fleur, went upstairs to tell him that the arrangement could not continue. Thereafter, Griphook joined them at the overcrowded table, although he refused to eat the same food, insisting instead on lumps of raw meat, roots, and various fungi. Harry felt responsible. It was, after all, he who had insisted that the goblin remain at Shell Cottage so that he could question him. His fault that the whole Weasley family had been driven into hiding, that Bill, Fred, George, and Mr. Weasley could no longer work. I'm sorry, he told Fleur one blustery April evening as he helped her to prepare dinner. I never meant for you to have to deal with all of this. She had just set some knives to work, chopping up steaks for Griphook and Bill, who preferred his meat bloody ever since he had been attacked by Greyback. While the knives sliced away behind her, her somewhat irritable expression softened. Harry, you saved my sister's life. I do not forget. This was not, strictly speaking, true, but Harry decided against reminding her that Gabrielle had never been in any real danger. Anyway, Fleur went on, pointing her wand at a pot of sauce on the stove, which began to bubble at once. Mr. Ollivander leaves for Muriel's this evening. That'll make things easier. The goblin, she scowled a little at the mention of him, can move downstairs, and you, Ron, and Dean can take that room. We don't mind sleeping in the living room, said Harry, who knew that Griphook would think poorly of having to sleep on the sofa. Keeping Griphook happy was essential to their plans. Don't worry about us. And when she tried to protest, he went on, We'll be off your hands soon, too. Ron, Hermione, and I. We don't need to be here much longer. But what do you mean? She said, frowning at him, her wand pointed at the casserole dish, now suspended in midair. Of course you must not leave. You are safe here. She looked rather like Mrs. Weasley as she said it, and he was glad that the back door opened at just the same moment. Luna and Dean entered, their hair damp from the rain outside and their arms full of driftwood. And they got tiny little ears, Luna was saying, a bit like a hippo's. Daddy says, oh, only they're purple and hairy, and if you want to call them, you have to hum. They prefer a waltz, nothing too fast. Looking uncomfortable, Dean shrugged at Harry as he passed following Luna into the combined dining and sitting room where Ron and Hermione were laying the dinner table. Seizing the chance to escape Fleur's questions, Harry grabbed two jugs of pumpkin juice and followed them. Welcome to our house. I'll be able to show you the horn. Daddy wrote to me about it, but I haven't seen it yet because the Death Eaters took me from the Hogwarts Express, and I never got home for Christmas, Luna was saying as she and Dean relayed the fire. Luna, we told you. Hermione went. Uh, Hermione called over to her. That horn exploded. It came from an rampant, not a crumpled horn snowcack. 
No, it was definitely a snorkack horn, said Luna serenely. Daddy told me. It will probably have reformed by now. They mend themselves, you know. Hermione shook her head and continued laying down forks as Bill appeared, leading Mr. Ollivander down the stairs. The wandmaker still looked exceptionally frail, and he clung to Bill's arm as the latter supported him, carrying a large suitcase. "'I'm going to miss you, Mr. Ollivander,' said Luna, approaching the old man. "'And I, too, my dear,' said Ollivander, patting her on the shoulder. "'You were an inexpressible comfort to me in that terrible place.' "'So, au revoir, Mr. Ollivander,' said Fleur, kissing them on both cheeks. "'And I wonder whether you could oblige me by uh, delivering a package to Bill's anti-Muriel. "'I have never returned to Tierra.' "'It would be an honor," said Ollivander, with a little bow. "'The very least that I can do in return for your generous hospitality.' Fleur drew out a worn velvet case, which she opened to show the wandmaker. The tiara sat glittering and twinkling in the light from the low-hanging lamp. "'Moonstones and diamonds,' said Griphook, who had sidled into the room without Harry noticing. "'Made by goblins, I think.' "'And paid for by wizards,' said Bill quietly, and the goblin shot him a look that was both furtive and challenging." A strong wind gusted against the cottage windows as Bill and Ollivander set off into the night. The rest of them squeezed in around the table, elbow to elbow and barely with enough room to move. They started to eat. The fire crackled and popped in the grate beside them. Fleur, Harry noticed, was merely playing with her food. She glanced at the window every five minutes. However, Bill returned before they had finished their first course his long hair tangled by the wind. Whew. Everything's fine, he told Fleur. Ollivander's settled in. Mum and Dad say hello. Ginny sends you all of her love. Fred and George are driving Muriel up the wall. They're still operating an owl order business out of her back room. It cheered her up to have her tiara back, though. She said she thought that we'd stolen it. Uh, yes, well, she is Shamal, your aunt said Fleur, crossly, waving her wand and causing dirty plates to rise and form a stack in midair. She caught them and marched out of the room. Daddy's made a tiara, piped up Luna. Well, more of a crown, really. Luna caught Harry's eye and grinned. Harry knew he was remembering the ludicrous headdress they had seen on their visit to Xenophilius. Yes, he's trying to recreate the lost diadem of Ravenclaw. He thinks he's identified most of the main elements now. Adding the billywig wings really made a difference. There was a bang on the front door. Everyone's head turned toward it. Fleur came running out of the kitchen, looking frightened. Bill jumped to his feet, his wand pointed at the door. Harry, Ron, and Hermione did the same. Silently, Griphook slipped beneath the table, out of sight. Who is it? Bill called. It is I, Remus John Lupin, called the voice over the howling wind. Harry experienced a thrill of fear. What had happened? I am a werewolf. 
married to Nymphadora Tonks, and you, the secret keeper of Shell Cottage, told me the address and bade me to come in an emergency. Lupin, muttered Bill, and he ran to the door and wrenched it open. Lupin fell over the threshold. He was white-faced, wrapped in a traveling cloak, his graying hair windswept. He straightened up, looked around the room and made sure of who was there, then cried aloud, It's... it's a boy. We've named him Ted after Dora's father. Hermione shrieked. Tonks? Tonks has had the baby? Yes. Yes, she's had the baby, shouted Lupin. All around the table came cries of delight, sighs of relief. Hermione and Fleur both squealed, Congratulations! And Ron said, Blimey, a baby! As if he had never heard of such a thing before in his life. Yes, yes, a boy, said Lupin again, who seemed dazed by his own happiness. He strode around the table and hugged Harry. The scene in the basement of Grimald Place might never have happened. And you will be the godfather, he asked as he released Harry. Me? stammered Harry. You, yes, of course. Dora quite agrees. No one better. I... yeah, blimey. Harry felt overwhelmed, astonished, delighted. Now Bill was hurrying to fetch wine, and Fleur was persuading Lupin to join them for a drink. I, I can't stay long. I must get back, said Lupin, beaming around at them all. He looked years younger than Harry had ever seen him. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. Bill had soon filled all of their goblets. They stood and raised them high in a toast. To Teddy Remus Lupin, said Lupin, a great wizard in the making. Who does he look like? Fleur inquired. I think he, he looks like Dora, but he, she thinks he looks like me. Not very much hair. I, I looked black when I was born, but I swear it. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Not quite. Not quite there. It looked black when he was born, but I swear it's turned ginger in the hour since. Probably be blonde by the time I get back. Andromeda says Tox's hair started changing color the day that she was born. He drained his goblet. Oh, go on then, just one more, he added, beaming as Bill made to fill it again. The wind buffeted the little cottage and the fire leapt and crackled, and Bill was soon opening another bottle of wine. Lupin's news seemed to have taken them out of themselves, removed them for a while from their state of siege. Tidings of new life were exhilarating. Only the goblins seemed untouched by the sudden festive atmosphere, and after a while he slunk back to the bedroom he now occupied alone. Harry thought he was the only one who had noticed this until he saw Bill's eyes following the goblin upstairs. No, 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 I, I really must get back, said Lupin at last, declining yet another goblet of wine. He got to his feet and pulled his traveling cloak around himself. Goodbye, goodbye, I, I'll try to bring some pictures in a few days' time. They'll all be so glad to know that I've seen you. He fastened his cloak and made his farewells, hugging the women and grasping hands with the men, and then, still beaming, returned to the wild night. Good father, Harry, said Bill as he walked back into the kitchen, helping to clear the table. A real honor. Congratulations. 
As Harry set down the empty goblets he was carrying, Bill pulled the doors closed behind them, shutting out the still voluble voices of the others who were continuing to celebrate even in Lupin's absence. I wanted a word, a private word with you, actually, Harry. It's not been easy to get an opportunity with this cottage so full of people. Bill hesitated. Harry, you're planning something with Griphook. It was a statement, not a question, and Harry did not bother to deny it. He merely looked at Bill, waiting. I know goblins, said Bill. I've worked for Gringotts ever since I left Hogwarts. As far as there can be friendship between wizards and goblins, I've got goblin friends. Or at least goblins that I know well and like. Again, Bill hesitated. Harry, what do you want from Griphook and what have you promised him in return? I can't tell you that, said Harry. I'm sorry, Bill. The kitchen door opened behind them. Flora was trying to bring through some empty goblets. Uh, you wait, Bill told her. Just a moment. She backed out and he closed the door again. And I've got to say this, Bill went on. Have you struck any kind of bargain with Griphook? And most particularly if that bargain involves treasure, you must be exceptionally careful. Goblin notions of ownership, payment, and repayment are not the same as human ones. Harry felt a slight squirm of discomfort, as though a small snake had stirred inside him. What do you mean? he asked. We're talking about a different breed of being, said Bill. Dealings between wizards and goblins have been fraught for centuries, but you know all about that from history of magic. That has been fought on both sides. I'd never claim that wizards have been innocent. However, there is a belief among some goblins, and those at Gringotts are perhaps the most prone to it, that wizards cannot be trusted in matters of gold and treasure, and that they've got no respect for goblin ownership. I respect, Harry began, but Bill shook his head. You don't understand, Harry. Nobody could, unless they've lived with goblins. To a goblin, the right and true master of any object is the maker, not the purchaser. All goblin-made objects are, in goblin eyes, rightfully theirs. But if it was bought, they would have considered it rented by the one who had paid the money. They have, however, great difficulty with the idea of goblin-made objects being passed from wizard to wizard. You saw Cripbook's face when the tiara passed under his eyes. He disapproves. I believe that he thinks, as do the faces of his kind, that it ought to have been returned to the goblins once the original purchaser had died. They consider our habit of keeping goblin-made objects, passing them down from wizard to wizard without further payment... Little more than theft. Harry had an ominous feeling now. He wondered whether Bill had guessed more than he was letting on to. All that I'm saying, said Bill, setting his hand on the door, back into the sitting room, is to be very careful 
with what you promised to goblins, Harry. It would be less dangerous to break into Gringotts than to renege on a promise to a goblin. Right, said Harry, as Bill opened the door. Yeah, thanks. I'll bear that in mind. As he followed Bill back to the others, a wry thought came to him, born no doubt of the wine that he had drunk. He seemed set on course to become just as reckless a godfather to Teddy Lupin as Sirius Black had been to him. And believe it or not, that is the end of our second chapter. It's a short one, right? Okay, and uh, meanwhile, I've done a great job of really mussing up. Cass can confirm this. Um, as you can see, I've just got lines and lines of dots on here because um, I use my, my zero hotkey um, to... Uh, um, <laughs> I use my zero hotkey to... Uh, incur my my compressor when I do voices and well there have been a lot of voices here which means that I've just like buried my notes um which I've tried to keep there we go all right and now we're good so Vance's life says okay so no immediate bad news after the good news good news I feel better now yeah we've come to kind of expect that haven't we there's a there's a bit of an expectation that um uh basically like <laughs> is um is is bad news going to immediately follow good news? After we hear something great, like, hey, um, there's a baby, it's a boy, Lupin is a father, um, are we going to suddenly be hit by something terrible after that? And it seems that we've gotten through at least the end of this chapter without it. Now, there is that sort of balancing act of, um, yes, they've had this great news, but then there is the question news of boy, has Harry promised too much to the goblin Griphook. Uh, Samuel, thank you very much for being here. I appreciate it. Have a great night. Thanks for coming in. Uh, let's see. MD says, I'm a language student, so translations and linguistic studies are my jam. Not only do French words use baguettes, but if you remember uh, the I am Tom Marvolo riddle moment, because they need to make Je suis Voldemort, uh, they had to make his middle name Voldemort. <laughs> Imagine... <laughs> Imagine translating that and changing a crucial character's name. Yeah, I think um, they've had to do that in a number of languages, too, so I imagine that was pretty challenging. Like, I believe, other than the Bible, I think Harry Potter is the most translated book. Um, oh, gotcha. Okay, so never mind. They... Uh, a, a quick edit... Um, they did not change the middle name to Voldemort. They changed it to Elvis. <laughs> je, suis, je suis Voldemort. They had to change Tom Tom Elvis Riddle. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty great, right? That's pretty good. Um, Voldy becomes Moon Moon, says Mood Swing. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Um... Uh, Vance Hayes Live says, I'll take an ominous info dump over immediate tragedy at this point. Yeah, just look, some exposition would be sort of a light blow anymore. I'll mute it because I'm on a Zoom. I got you. Book and Hook, thank you very much for being here. Um, uh, in spite of your, <laughs> shall we say, other obligations. Um, hey, everybody, thank you so much. 
Uh, I'm at right now. I'm at 398 followers, which is a pretty crazy number considering sort of where we've where we've been, where we've come from, where we've gone with this. And I appreciate it so much. Um, uh, and we've got plenty of folks in here hanging out tonight. So, look, you know what's coming up next, don't you? You know what's coming up next, don't you? <laughs> Everyone, I hope you have enjoyed these chapters. It's time for some beans. That's right, gems. So, just a moment. Let me. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna holler. See if I can summon the bean queen in that way. No, this is a. Uh, we had one long chapter at the beginning. Um, which turned out to not be quite as long as I thought it was, and then a short chapter. So yeah, we're all done up for the night. Um, Crypto Walt, hello. Nice to meet you. Um, uh, yeah, I don't think I've seen you. I don't. I can't remember if I've seen Crypto Walt that name in here before. I think I would recognize it. Crypto Walt's a pretty unique one. Holly Rose, thank you very much. Um, yeah, and everyone who wants to uh, uh, to help brew this thing, uh, I've had a couple of questions here, um, and I don't. I don't like to like broadcast it because it feels very strange but folks have asked often enough that apparently it's important um these bits that are currently getting poured into this um that goes directly to me and helps me to um uh, do additional things with the channel it helps me make sense of streaming more often um uh it has helped me to sort of uh as i'm as i'm looking through the process of getting a new phone because i've been working with a, an iphone 6 until uh this week um, as I'm upgrading it, I'm taking into consideration, like, maybe I can get a camera, uh, like a, a phone with a decent enough camera that I could do, um, look, I'm like, I'm, I'm futzing around it. I want to do a cooking stream and I've got potentially, um, a, uh, a phone on its way that will help me to, uh, make that dream a reality. So, uh, that is the plan. Um, it's, I mean, it's in, it's in process. It's a bit of limbo because I got a bad copy of one, but, uh. Yeah, I'll be taking care of that later on. Um, Sparkle Lovegood says, Remember, nearly headless Nick's death day party where they uh, all brought rotten months-old food so the ghosts could pass through it so they could almost taste it? That's what it's like to have COVID. I see. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I'm glad that your experience was a pretty easy one. I, I know of some folks... Uh, my dad's got relatives who did not have uh, nearly as easy a time. Um, yeah, I think it, there's, a, there's a wide variation in it. Um, but good luck to you. Stay safe, everybody. Uh, keep your masks on. Um, Jade Dragon, thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, I'm going to sit up. Sit up a little bit. Folks, get a little bit of a stretch in. <laughs> Squibby, hey, how's it going? It has been a while, hasn't it? Um, uh, it's been a while for you. Hi, I'm a stud. I don't know if you're still in here tonight, but yeah, you, uh, you're back after a little while. Reed, hello, thank you. And uh, Jade Dragon, thank you for all the salt. Now... Y'all know what time it is. It's time for some beans. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Uh, Philly Glitter Girl, hello. <laughs> this was awesome. Fantastic. Um, I take it you are new here because I definitely don't recognize your name. But um, thank you for being in. Um, for all of you who are wondering what the heck this screen is, we just read some Harry Potter. Now there's this guy. There's this stuff. My name is Sam. This is Sidecar Stories. And right now we're doing bad beans where Sam has to blind taste test some Birdie Bot's every flavor beans and try to figure out what they are. Are they good beans? Uh, what flavor are they, or are they some terrible, incredibly spicy beans? Now, how do we decide how many beans we're going to eat? Well, I do a base number of five, um, 
Thank you, Stud. I appreciate it. Good to know you're still still here. Um, base number of five, but you can add to that number. Um, there are two ways to that to add to that number. First is either on Instagram or Twitter. Um, if you use the hashtag or the um, or honestly use my use the hashtag HP out loud and also my tag, so I'm, I can be sure to find it. I am searching for both of them now. Um, the officially it's done. My the, the the window is closed. I would say in the future. Um, count on the window being closed as of our as of our five minute break in the middle of this of the uh, between the two chapters, because that way it'll give me a, give me time to actually take a look at those things without pausing the whole thing. Um, isn't the isn't the art great there, sloth creature? That is by Jade Hallett. Um, I believe she goes by Jade Hallett Four. Uh, you can see that over in the very bottom right hand corner. That's the uh, attribution down there. But it is fantastic, uh, and she she made this for me on Twitter and sent it over, which is lovely. Thank you so much. Um, I don't have milk in front of me. Um, I find that milk is like, it's okay, but it didn't do a ton for me. So Instagram, Twitter, that's one way. The other way is to bring a friend. Uh, if you bring somebody and I see them pop up over in my, uh, in my follow notifications, that's how I know that they're new here for real. Um, and they, and they tell me in chat that you're the one what brung them. You're the, you're the horse they rode in with. You're the one what brung them. Um, then, uh, we can add beans to the pot like that. Beans to the pot, beans, beans to the pot. Everyone, let's do this thing. I'm going to need my blindfold, which I've got that. I've got that, but it should be a lot easier. Should I? I don't want to stretch my hat out. Is the thing? It's right behind you. We can use that too. But the invisibility cloak is behind you, and I feel like it's thematically appropriate. We might have to think of a new blindfold for. Um, we might have to think of a new blindfold and a whole new tradition. I almost wonder for uh, Percy Jackson, which I've said it a couple of times before, but I haven't made like the big announcement because I want to do that slightly closer to the day. Um, yeah, this will work. Perfect. Thank you. Um, uh, our next series is going to be Percy Jackson. Uh, so that might be news for some of you. I kind of hope it is because that would be exciting. Um, uh, and then I'm going to do a big you know, YouTube announcement to sort of like get people hyped about it once the time is a little bit closer. Fill her up, says Van Saves Lives. Van, Holly Rose, thank you both so very much. And uh, for everyone who has been so generous, I really, really appreciate it. I cannot tell you enough. Uh, like I said at the start of the stream, um, it's one of the things that helps me sort of realize like, okay, I'm not going down like a, <laughs> I'm going down such a preposterous path, at least not for right now. Thank you all so very much. All right, let's get these first beans going. Um, yes, it will sparkle love good. As per usual, um, I'm going to go through my schedule real quick. I stream Tuesdays through Fridays. Um, I start on Mondays with nothing. That's my sort of my in-service day. I use that for recording. Uh, and this Monday, I believe I'm going to be recording uh, something. Uh, it's a sidecar snooze. Is it the one, I, whichever one I got first. It was either from, oh boy, I want to say it was either, either from Shotzi or um, uh, Holly Rose. But I've got yours, I've got both of them in there. Who was it? It wasn't, I don't think it was Shotzi. It was, uh, it was with our boy Hagrid. Shoot, I don't remember, because the, because the name on the emails always, always goose me up. Um, but yeah, and then I've got Hogwarts, uh, Hippie, yours and Holly's is in there as well, it's in the hopper, but I believe that one came second, uh, between these two. But, my plan is to record all of them, uh, just so y'all know, and then of course, yeah, you've got some, some new ones coming up on the, uh, on the horizon, which is super cool. Uh, I believe Dahlia has jumped in on that, and of course, Hogwarts Hippie, as per usual. Um, Hogwarts Hippie is kind of like our... Was it? Okay, it was Shotzi then. Okay, fantastic. All right. Now, let me see. True test. If you can properly say wire, tire, fire, and battery. 
Oh boy. Okay, wait, hold on. This sounds like an accent challenge, which I want to get into. What uh, what dialect are we talking here, Lisa? All right, let me let me munch down this bean. Let's see. Ow. And by the way, everyone, do not forget. Come back here on Saturday. I realize you might have parties to go to. Don't go to the don't parties. Don't go to parties. Come. Uh, uh, exactly. There's a pandemic. Um, don't go to parties. Come back and hang out with us. Um, and uh, okay, straight up on the level. When I said it, I totally forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> totally forgot about I will, it. I will publicly shame you. <laughs> For real, though, don't go partying during a pandemic. Um, yeah, the, the the quicker we can skip a few parties, the quicker we can just be straight up done with this pandemic, which would be great for everyone. Um, okay. I'm, I'm getting, like, weird combinations of chocolate and mint with this bean. That's interesting. Um, Memnite, thank you very much. All right. Memnite's here to, to uh, boil this potion over. <laughs> Potions Master Memnite, thank you very, very much. Um, uh, I appreciate it. Oh, it's called a Mega Cheer. Well, then. Oh, and you... 25... 25 emotes. I want to see what those look like in chat. Go ahead and let me know. Um, Memnite, thank you very much. I appreciate it a lot. Um, and, yeah, Van Says Lives, absolutely happy early birthday. Gonna miss the live stream? That's all right. Um, yeah, that will be up on a VOD later, but um, you will have a chance to sort of, uh, you know, maybe guide the story a little bit in, at different spots um, as we are... Um, as, uh, as we are doing it live. So, if you want to be there for that part of it, if you want to help us to sort of figure out where we're going next, it's going to be mostly cast-led, not quite like Chat Plays Dungeon World, but um, it is going to be a great time, and I, we would love to see sort of live, what are y'all thinking? What's, what sort of story elements could you see adding into it? So, got to be there live for that. Jade Dragon, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, all right, should we get our next bean going in? For all you, for all you punks going to parties... <laughs> Your godbrother is, is, your godbrother says unto you, tisk tisk. All right. I'm ready for another one. Let's do this thing. I keep forgetting that you don't have to go back over to the bed. I don't know why that sort of lodged itself why in my head. I, I don't know. I think it was just at the very beginning when you were trying to get the bean stuff or the, uh, the, the green, the green, the bean, green bean screen worked out. Okay. Um, on Tuesdays, I stream Vintage Sidecar and... Oh, it's already ready. Uh, and uh, Harry Potter in Minecraft. Um, they are both super exciting. <laughs> One at two. I didn't even guess that I. Okay, so hold on. Negative one. For I got. I got to hold this in my teeth. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, so first one. It was like straight up. Uh, I'm going Andy's mint because heck with it. Straight up, I got. I got like mild chocolate, like in chocolate pudding, and then a little bit of mint. It was probably just chocolate, something or other. But I'm going. I'm gonna stick with it. Andy's mint. It was, it was, it was pink. Candy, my guy. I, I mean, it straight up was not. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. And I don't know what to tell you either, because it just weren't, <laughs> is the thing. Love those, love those mints, says Lisa Hall. Okay, look, because I don't think they can come back after, I don't think they can come after me anymore. Um, they can't come after you. It was pink. You saw it. Not that I'm talking about them. I'm talking about Olive Garden. Oh. I used to work at Olive Garden, and uh, look, if you stand in the right spot in Olive Garden... Uh, I was a busser, and if you stand in the right spot, you can sort of lean over, especially if you've got long arms like I do, and sneak a handful of Andy's mints into your apron pocket. If you go into a different corner at the Olive Garden, um, <laughs> up on up on 20, um, then you can go ahead and 
to sort of stand there in that corner and surreptitiously unwrap them in your pocket. I really, Andy's Mints, just want to give a shout out to Andy's Mints for making your stuff so easy to unwrap with one hand. Shout out to Andy's Mints. Um, and then you can go ahead and just like slide them up in your mouth real quick while you're pretending to scratch your nose. Um, there you go. How old were you when you worked there? <laughs> How old was I? Yeah. Uh, I think I was 14. 14, so 15. you were not being surreptitious at all. No, I was being super sneaky. <laughs> come on, come on. Uh, I wanted to be a spy. <laughs> So you can go step back a little bit, because I wanted to be a spy. So I'm talking like by the so age of 11, there. 13, I was, I was surreptitious <laughs> as can be. Standing in the corner, singing to your neighbors. <laughs> They'll never guess. <laughs> Fellas. Um, Nasty Hudson, a great question. Our new voice is coming up soon. We're about to start a new series. There are so many new voices coming up. Y'all should get into the, um, uh, over in the Discord, I'll put that link in right now. Um, get over there for uh, the um, for the Percy Jackson channel. Go into that channel and <laughs> we can start to um, put together some of these some of these castings. Uh, I wanna hear if you've got ideas for characters and what, what uh, who would be the best to play them, tell me that over in that channel. That's what I want to know. Okay. Um, now, this one. Oh, this is that weird bad one. Uh, it's like Tutti Frutti or whatever. It's the one It's a little bit like... Um, it's like weirdly herbal, like black... Li Ooh, is black licorice a flavor in here, though? Does black licorice exist in this can? Sometimes you'll give it to me. Sometimes you won't. So I figured it was worth a try. Hmm. Yes, it exists. Statue of limitations, <laughs> limitations on Andy's theft. Oh, I should, <laughs> Andy's larceny. <laughs> I should correct you. Licorice exists in here. Okay. I'm going to go with... Oh, shoot. Is it Tutti Frutti, though? I don't know. What is this flavor? It's not a flavor you know. It's like mild... Memnite, thank you very much. It's like mild black licorice. Oh, it still kept up pretty close to the top there. It didn't boil it all the way over. Let me see. Um... I gotta go with I I gotta I'm gonna go tutti frutti just because this is one of those where I don't recognize what it's supposed to be, even though I think tutti frutti in my head is supposed to be a little bit like bubble gum. Final answer: tutti frutti. No. No. Tutti frutti is like bubble gum. Is it? This is licorice. It's just licorice. It says licorice, but it, the bean is black. It's a black it's bean. Okay. Black All right. Well, well, that's some punk. That's some punk stuff right there. <laughs> Tutti Frutti. Horse apples. Stop. I don't know what Tutti Frutti tastes like. <laughs> yes, you do. It tastes like bubblegum. You know me. You know me very well. I, what what kind of fruit flavors? I'm really what kind of worried about your flavor palette? What kind of fake fruit flavors do I like? You know the answer to this question. The answer is none. So how would I feel about all of them? <laughs> Not good. Not good is how I'd feel. Oh, boy. Nancy's Eyes says, I'm stoked on Percy Jackson. It's another series I'm totally in the dark about. Fantastic. Um... I'm slightly more in the dark. I have not ever read the entire series. I've read the the first ones because um, I think they were coming out at the time that I was reading them. Um, uh, and then I just sort of like lost track with, of it a little bit. Uh, but I'm reading ahead. I'm already, some of the voices are going to be some of my f new favorites. So I'm looking forward to it a ton as well. All right. Let's do a Wednesday bean, shall we? Shall we? All right. We got to, you know what? Let's do the rest of this week all at once because we got we got some beans to get through. Um, uh, so... I've got, uh, let's see, so that was Tuesday, Tuesday, noon Pacific time, 
for uh, Vintage Psycho. We're reading Frankenstein. And then we're going to be swiftly, uh, in the next two weeks, um, switching over to uh, A Christmas Carol. That's right. You heard me correctly. A Christmas Carol is coming, and we're going to be done before Christmas. Head over there on Tuesdays if you want to be part of that. Um, and then at 2 p.m. Pacific time, um, you can find me playing Harry Potter Minecraft. So, on Wednesdays, we play Dungeon World. Um, it is a storytelling game. Uh, right now, we are telling... Oh, Judas, that scared me. I don't know why. Get your butt over here. Uh-uh. Ah. Ah. Cheep, cheep, cheep. Um... Uh, we play Dungeon World on Wednesdays, we read this on Thursdays, and then on Fridays, so tomorrow, we have... Oh, that is a weird one. It's a Hulk bean. Um, uh, on Fridays at noon Pacific, we have our Spout Lore session, which is a bunch of, like, world building and uh, a lot of just, like, pure creativity um, for our Wednesday sessions. And then uh, at 2 p.m. Pacific time, we play some game. Uh, this Friday, so tomorrow, uh, we're going to be playing Spooky's Jump Scare Mansion. Um, and then if that gets a little, um, I don't know, if that gets a little slow for us, we might deviate over into something else. We'll be talking about it then. Okay, so that's my week, Tuesday through Friday. You can find more about that in the Discord. I don't... Special shout out, Saturday. One of these is spicy for sure. your parties, because that's illegal. <laughs> Come watch us. And of course, yeah, this Saturday. Uh, we'll of party. course. We've got the Sidecar Halloween party, um, which is going to be a fantastic... Oh, great. It's a, it's like a, a hot, spicy one. Um, it's dulled a bit by having these other beans behind it. Um, gotta, get through, gotta get through a thought at a time. Jade Dragon, thank you so very much. Um, Saturday, we are playing Kids on Bikes. It is a storytelling game. We're going to tell some story uh, crafted by our GM, Mr. Halfbit. I'm playing, Mama's playing, Frizz is playing, Tuna's playing. You're going to find all of us there playing that game, telling a great story in the same genre as Stranger Things, that sort of thing. Okay. It's a spicy bean. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Cayenne for that one, I think. It feels warm enough. For the others, there's like an intensely, like, very sweet fruit flavor. Uh, I'm going to go with a watermelon, I think. And for the third one, I have absolutely no idea. There's like a little bit of smokiness, a tiny bit. So I'm going to go with um, uh, something coffee. I'm going to go with uh, cappuccino. There's my three final answers. All right. How wrong was I? Harry, <laughs> your spicy was jalapeno. Mm-hmm. You said cayenne. Mm-hmm. Your, there was a brown one in there, which I was very confident was Dr. Pepper. Okay. But you said coffee, so... Could have been. I don't know, man. <laughs> and then there was an orange one. So orange or tangerine. That was your so I did one. real real dang old bad, didn't I? Yeah. Oop. Zero out of three. That's all right. <laughs> uh, not to worry, though, folks, because that is not the end of beans for the day. We have got some folks in from Instagram and Twitter. Now, if you have put something in uh, since, shall we say, uh, I mean, since like basically since my halftime, that will go on the board, but it'll go on for next week. New friends, new friends showing up. If you've invited anybody in, those are good for any time. Go ahead and, you know, text people, like, let them know to jump in. Let me, let them know to let me know who brung them. Uh, and that is good for any time. But this, as of halftime today, if you do one after that, it'll be next week. But if, as of halftime today, we've got, let's start with our one from Instagram, just under the wire, out of yarn. Thank you very much. Uh, Out of Yarn, this one is for you. Uh, as per usual, uh, Out of Yarn has done a great job of telling folks. Um, by the way, yeah, Out of Yarn, if you've got uh, ideas for what you would like the um, uh, your bean to look like, go ahead and let us know. Um, I will. Good call. Um, but yeah, Out of Yarn, thank you so very much. Uh, I appreciate it. 
Uh, it is like taking everything not to look at chat. It's like it's like trying to resist Voldemort's thoughts. <laughs> they are here. Okay. Here. Fantastic. Uh, could put that on. Oh, true. Yeah. No, that would probably be handy, huh? <laughs> that'd be that'd be some handy stuff. Yeah. So uh, don't forget, folks. Uh, if you tell other people about the about the show, you're adding to the beans bucket. Our birdie bots every flavor adventure. Pretty much every flavor quest, every every flavor chemistry. I'm just gonna riff until I, until uh, a bean taps upon my lips. All right. Um, you got one. Keep riffing. No, uh oh, hold on. Find one. Oh, I see. We get a specific request that I'm excited for. Uh oh. See, every time I hear specific request, and then I hear her digging through the small cache of beans versus the big cache, <clears throat> I know it's trouble. Ready? I'm ready, unfortunately. This unfortunately, I'm prepared. Now don't read the, uh, All right. I won't read chat. Um, I'm just going to... Let's see. I'll keep my eyes over here. Let's see. I don't... It's not a spicy one. That's a coffee bean. 100% that's a coffee bean. Is there just the one coffee? She turned it away. I was trying to I was trying to peek at it and she turned it straight away from me. Of course I did. It's really coffee y. I'm just gonna say oh, let's see, what is it? There's cappuccino. What what kinds of coffee are there? Cappuccino, there's not there's no Americano, there's no That's kind of coffee. Frappuccino, there's no frappe. Frappuccino's like a, a weird barely a coffee. Yeah, a weird Starbucks thing. Um Latte oh latte's the other one. I'm gonna go latte. Latte? <laughs> well, that's what she, they were craving. Unfortunately, there's only cappuccino in here. <laughs> I think that's a one with an asterisk. I think I deserve it because I guess no. I I guess it like a mind reader, like a mind it's reader. Coffee. I and you've guessed latte every time for cappuccino. Look, there's legilimens, the and then there's illegilimens. <laughs> I think that was illegilimens. No. I think I did a great job. Blue, come here. Come over here and tell me I did a great job. Oh boy. I'm too high energy. He's not gonna come over here. Not at all. Um, excuse me. Book and Hook says give Sam a one. Oh, dang. Yeah. I win. I win. Thank you. Thank you all. <laughs> yeah, see? Holly Rose says, you got that. You read Book and Hook's mind. Definitely count it. Thank you all. This is this is one of those few times where I feel like Chad is on my side instead of uh, on, on the side of one of the other pit crew. Um, okay, everyone... Um, <laughs> Blue, Blue. unfortunately, we were trying to bring him in for an appearance, and he made it very clear his rider had not been fulfilled, which is to not appear. Okay, next up, we have got, uh, from Twitter, we've got Lisa Hall. Lisa, as per usual, casting my protection charm. Thank you so much. I'm going to bank that one, just in case we've got some real, some real goons, some real runk puffians. Because we've got four from Twitter, including including Lisa. Okay, let's start with uh, let's start with Jade Dragon. Jade, you have been a longtime listener. Thank you so much for joining us all the time. Um, actually, Jade hangs out over on um, Twitch. I think more frequently now than than uh, they used to. Um, but uh, thank you very much. Yep, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Hold on. Brought a friend. What do you say? Lisa also brought a friend. Oh well, then I'm gonna I'm gonna want to see it. Who was it? I can't get this to sit on my head properly. Who's your 
Who's your friend, Lisa? Jade Dragon, this bean's for you. You gotta, gotta give me your suggestion. And if you had to head out early, Jade Dragon, this one's for you either way. But thank you. Uh, and then be thinking, because we've got two more. Um, there's one from Ashmore, another longtime listener, and uh, a great voice for Sidecar Stories out on Twitter. Thank you so much. And then Jack of No Trades, hey, one for you as well. There. Looking over this. All right, so Jay Dragon All right. gave me... Don't say it. Don't say it out loud. Uh, and in the meantime, with all this, uh, I want to hear, like, what are y'all most excited about for Saturday? And she brought Mood Swing. Lisa brought Mood Swing. Lisa did bring Mood Swing, but Lisa brought Mood Swing much, much before. Let's see. Am I going to count it? Uh, Mood Swing's been in here before. You know what? You know what? Because because of who you are, I'm going to allow it. You've been, you've been <laughs> you with us. You can't do that. Why not? I think you've been too. I think Lisa has been too great a friend of the channel for me to say no. So I'm going with it. Just cause, just cause she's gonna give you good beans. Okay, that's fine. That's fine with me. I'm <laughs> good with it. I know it is. That's why you're you're saying it's fine. I'm good with it. There's a there's a short list. I would say there's a short list of probably 20 people who I would do that for. But because uh, yeah, so the rest of y'all don't expect to like don't expect to sneak in with that nonsense. I'm not doing it. For you, I will. I don't, you're going against Frizz in this one. I'm going against Frizz. Yeah, Frizz, Frizz, Frizz was the one who demanded that this be the case. Okay, so I've got the I've got the the popcorn one, but I can't tell if it's supposed for to be caramel corn. What do you mean? She would say that for anybody. Now that is true. Yeah. <laughs> Mood swing says, "Don't spoil her." <laughs> I'll do it once. I'll do it once. This is the only time. This is the only time. That it will count for for a stream, for a, a stream prior to the one in question. Uh, Frizz, yes, I am trying to short you a bean because <laughs> he's making it a special case. He's saying only for Lisa because Mood Swing has been here before. Only for Lisa does does. Uh, only for Lisa, indeed. Does she get an extra bean? But if someone else brings someone who's been here before. Look, it's new rules. We gotta. This is uh, this is my GM instincts. It's new rules. We gotta rules. be. We gotta be generous. Oh, it's always. Oh, oh, dog. It's always made up rules in this house. <laughs> All right, folks. This one is one of those popcorn ones. I can't tell which one it is. It's either <laughs> caramel corn or it's just popcorn, but it's sweeter on the outside, so it tastes like, um, like uh, kettle corn. No, Lisa, it's not your fault. If he would make it fine for everybody, if everybody, anybody who brought a person who's been here before, then it's totally fine. But it, there's no exceptions here. Just for Lisa. There's no exception. An exception just for Lisa. <laughs> I'm going with popcorn. It doesn't taste caramely enough. Popcorn, final answer. Caramel corn. Son of a everything. Okay, well... <clears throat> Uh, that was that was Jade Dragons, I believe. Am I correct there? Yes. Yes, indeed. Jade Dragon, thank you very much. Uh, that's Dirty Little Monster over on Twitter. Also, I guess yeah. I'm gonna. We should start asking at the same time as giving me the bean. Do you want me to say your Twitter handle? Like maybe some people aren't wanting me to do that. But um, uh, this next one is for Ashmore. Ashmore, what bean do you want? And do you is are you cool with me saying your Twitter handle? 
Um, something to keep in mind. I don't, like I said, I don't vet these Twitter accounts, so you know, uh, this is just folks who have who have shared about the show. Um, but you can guess that if they're here, they're interested in some of the same stuff that you are. Something to think about. Might want to head over there. Um, negative one out of seven. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Look, That's not even true. Your rules are arbitrary. So are so are the count. Yeah, they always have been. Um, yep. The I, I I I thought I got more than one though. I definitely got the. There was the one that I didn't guess very quickly, and I was wrong about it. But I thought I had one after that. It's because uh, Book and Hook was like, I want a latte, and you were like, It's a latte. No, it's not a latte. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we got the latte like, bean. Give them the point. It was a latte bean. We all know. People are just being nice We all know today. it was a latte bean. We're over this. You don't ever remember to guess the first bean? Sure I do. Come on now. Come on now. I'm always going to argue your count, Miss Frizzle. That's the way it works up in this piece. Up in this piece? Come on. All's fair in Warren Beans. <laughs> Warren Beans is very good. Thank you, Lisa. Okay. Um... All right, I'm going to save it again. So, Ashmore, this one's for you. Have you seen Ashmore pop up? Um, Ashmore was in earlier. I don't know if Ashmore is still in. Um, And then Jack of No Trades, you're up next. Unless I got a spicy bean, in which case I might just slot in a a Lisa bean. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, Lisa, I thank you for bringing Mood Swing. And uh, Mood Swing, thank you for coming to hang out more. What did you say? Does Mood Swing get to pick the bean? I believe so, yes. Okay. All right. Um, All right. So we need Ashmore and Jack of No Trades. Indeed. Now I'll tell you what. Whichever one of you gets there first, we'll do that one first. Yeah, don't look. And Mood Swings, you can also put your suggestion in there. Yeah, you can jump in too. Because, look, I don't know. Maybe Mood Swing is not the not quite as benevolent as Lisa. There's no way to tell. I, I have a feeling I'm about to find out, though. Um, and straight up, I don't even see, like, where this... Jack of No Trades one came in, but hey, it was there. Um, oh, wait, I think we got another one, too. We do indeed. Okay. Um, uh, by uh, For Reed. Our money. <laughs> Which is pretty good. Um, uh, for Reed. This one's for you as well. So, excuse so me, whoever gets in first. Jack of No Trades. Reed. Reed. <laughs> Mood swing. Mood swing. There we go. Ashmore, Jack of No Trades, Reed, Mood Swing. Okay, and tell you what, if we, I would say you just find a bean, um, just pick one out of here at random, and we're gonna do that one, and uh, we'll say that whoever whoever's last, because I got a feeling right. not right. everyone's no, no, here. No, 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 no. Okay, all right, I all did. Right, we got you, Reed. <laughs> Reed, Reed, who I believe goes by Reed the Destroyer, man. Destroyer, okay, <laughs> Destroyer or Annihilator. Um. <laughs> And we are avid readers here. Uh-oh. Ah, ah, see? Ah. We're going to have to go with... Oh, it's a challenging one to find. Okay, Uh-oh. so which ones are tough to find? White is a, tif- a difficult one. There are plenty of reds in there. A bunch of greens. Sorry, y'all. Oh, baby. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here Blue we go. is hard to find. Green is plentiful. Oh. <laughs> and you should cover chat for me because I want to make sure I... I haven't missed anything over in the... Uh, the action bar. Uh, okay, good. We're good. Uh, all right. I need to read. Don't look. Yeah, go for it. Um, all right. Let me see. 
Reed, this one's for you. Okay. It's definitely fruity. Definitely like a very sweet fruity. It's not... Mm, it might be strawberry. No, it might be grape. It just tastes like... It tastes like Gatorade. It tastes like the... I think it's I think it's the 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 uh, berry one, the mixed mixed berry, not fruit cocktail, which is what I did say one week. But I'm gonna go with mixed berry on this one. Berry blue, which you also always say mixed berry. Now, <laughs> now, now what? I feel like I should get that though. Is the no, thing. no way? Because you say the same thing every time. I feel like I should get that one. No. I've never done that before. Is it blueberry? It's berry blue. What's the difference between berry blue and mixed berry? Are they two discrete beans? Mixed berry is like a mix of berries. But there berry are. Blue is but there like is a berry blue and a mixed berry. Yes. All right, well, that's it's fair. Mixed berry smoothie. Well, okay you then. Get, but. All right. All right. Look, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I accept right, my defeat. We also got one from mood swings in here. Excellent mood swing. Thank you so much, and uh, thanks for hanging out. It's great to see you. I, I, I recognize since your introduction, we have not had a chance to um, um, do any uh, Dungeon World stuff, but I hope you'll you'll come hang out for that as well. Of course, I don't know what your sitch is. You might have school or some such um, to interrupt it, but uh, thank you very much, Mood Swing. It's good to see it's good to see a name show up and then stay shown up. Which, like I said at the top, it seems like that happens a lot. It's really nice. <laughs> It's, I'm very glad that y'all have uh, showed up here and said to yourselves, you know what? That seems like a... Oh, man. <laughs> that seems like a pretty decent way to spend an evening. Ooh, I don't know why it startles me. He got punched in the gut. Why does it still startle me? I'm so used to this at this Guys, point. I promise I don't punch him when I try to give him a bean. All right. I don't, let's see. Are you cruel? Yes, you are, aren't you? Yes, you are. Okay. Now... Although I don't think this tastes like sriracha, this is the it tastes like the ones that have been sriracha in the past. So that's my final answer. It's spicy. It might have a little bit of that grassiness, but I don't think it does. It's got like some sort of like, um, very like like horseradishy type burn, not just spicy burn. Um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with it. Final answer. It's cayenne. Cayenne rats. You're not great tonight. I'm not great any night. Okay, let me let me tilt this again just a little bit because we found we have found the edge of my green screen. Oh, there's the other edge. Zoinks! I need to just like well, you have it. crop that in just a little bit, don't I? You usually have it like this. There we go. I just used to, I, I just like to have the uh, yeah. Then I had I had to get around the bed. I had to get <laughs> I had to put my my cardigan on. Oh, your cardigan. Mm-hmm. Oh, my cardigan. That's what that's what um oh nasty Hudson called it. And that's what it is. So I'm going to say it right. Even though typically, I think, what do you think it's a Midwest thing? Typically, I would just say sweater. Which is why she's razzing me right now. No, I just, I, that would be more stuck of a, in my twofers. To me, that would be more of a sweater because it's like thick. Cardigans in my brain are not as thick. I think and cardigan is the, uh, the construction of it buttons in the front sort of thing. I think you could have zippered cardigans too. I don't know. If it's All a zipper, right. I think it's automatically a hoodie. I don't care if it's jeans. So, Ashmore <laughs> and Jack and 
trades. I don't think they're here, so they're just going to get some arbitrary guys. Some rando beans. Um, guys. Sam is doing 10 beans. And, folks, because we've had five extra beans, I think if we continue to have five extra beans, um, I might have to nerf back some of my regular five beans so this doesn't take up our entire night. But, of course, I'm not, like, I'm not going to nerf back those other ones. So... If y'all have, if, if we get 10 people tweeting about this next week, if we get 20 people tweeting, Instagramming, bringing folks, I'm doing 20 beans. I'm going to do it. I will. So, yeah, hoodie jeans, Mem Night. Look, All right. at some point, I've eaten so many spicy things, I don't know what I'm saying. So, this next one is, uh, you know what, this one's going to be a Lisa Bean. I'm calling in a Lisa Bean. I guess it's my, it's my only Lisa Bean, isn't it? I'm incurring my protection charm. Um... Y'all, thank you very much for being here tonight. Um, and I want you to know that... Oh, when we are done here tonight, I am going to... Uh, we are going to raid over toward uh, our boy Tuna Sunday. Um, <laughs> uh, Tuna has been uh, streaming for a while. Uh, I think he is going to uh, be playing some Warzone tonight, which is going to be fantastic. Um, he did a really chill, fun stream earlier today where he just played some, like, lo-fi music and, and uh, worked on a house. It was, it was fantastic. So um, he's very close to affiliate. I want to see him hit that quick. So we're going to be raiding over there in just a moment um, once I get some of these beans. Lisa, thank you. Let me see. It's fruity, but, man, the spicy, the spicy gets me. Actually, it might not be fruity. There's like some vanilla, maybe a little chocolate. Chocolate. Maybe a little bit of chocolate. Um, gonna be playing with Frizz and possibly Bean Queen herself. Well, Bean Queen's playing. We're gonna die. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be jumping on. I think, I think, uh, uh, I'm not gonna be streaming it, but, um, uh, Cass and I are gonna be swapping out probably in the hot seat for. For uh, <laughs> for Warzone, okay. Let me see. It's it's impossible. It's like vanilla e, so I'm gonna go with that. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, vanilla bean ice cream, French vanilla bean ice cream. <laughs> final? Yes, that's my final answer. I will say French vanilla is a flavor in here, mm -hmm. but that was Krispy Kreme glazed blueberry cake. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Mem Knight, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Always fun to have the whole the whole pit crew on stream. Yeah, Luis. Okay. Um, and I think because you are not here, I think... No, you know what? That's not fair. I'm doing them one at a time. Okay, so at random, uh, this one is for... Let's see. No, we had we had everyone but Jack and No Trades, didn't we? And Ashmore. And Ashmore? Oh, we didn't do Ashmore yet. Okay, so Ashmore. Well, Ashmore's not here though, right? No. Okay, so yeah, we're just going to do... Yeah, just go grab one at random. Um, we're going to do these a little bit more rapid fire. Oh, no. That was just Lisa's. So, yeah, you have two more. Yeah. <laughs> so, one for Ashmore, one for Jack and No Trades. So, uh, Ashmore, this one's for you. I don't think you're in here again tonight. Um, as a matter of fact, I think, I think you mentioned something about having to duck out early. Anyway. Uh, thank you so much for for uh, giving spreading the good word about the show on Twitter. Ow, let's see this one. Ashmore, I appreciate you. And I'm going to appreciate this. Grape some bean. Hmm. No, there's something. Oh, there's something back there. What is it? 
oh, it's mostly spicy and it sucks. Um, I'm not sure. Hogwarts Hippie says, Sam, what are your thoughts about the time for uh, the Percy Jackson stream? Are you thinking it will be on Thursdays, same time as Harry Potter? Um, it will be on Thursdays um, until until further notice if my schedule changes or something. That might, that might have to change. But um, yes, the question is, will I be doing it any earlier? I will not be doing it any later. I can tell you that much. Um, but uh, I'm, we're going to be taking a vote on the Discord for that. Um, and uh, so we might do it a little bit earlier in the day. Now, what on earth... Uh, that was the... One that, more tuna. Yeah, one more tuna. <laughs> get, get get your Warzone booted up. We're raiding over in just a mo. Um, actually, get your stream booted up, I should say. Um, okay, that one... I'm gonna go with Grape. It was like, it's the only... Th it's the only thing I could maybe pick out of there. Final answer. Grape. Are you okay? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's spicy beans, bro. Because it was either lemon or pineapple. Um, it must have been pineapple. Lemon that, drop or pineapple? There was like a there was a flavor in the back there that was like I, I recognize it as something, but I I couldn't figure right, out what it close was. Those eyes. All right, everyone. Um, That's our last one, Jack and No Trades, Van, coming for you. Van says I must be off. Van, thank you very much for being here. Um, yeah, Jack and No Trades, this one is for you. Thank you so much. Nice our last bean. Thank you for spreading the good word. Um, I appreciate it. Now, I don't. Let me see. I am... I'm definitely getting some vanilla. Memnite, thank you very much. Um, as usual. Memnite, I appreciate it a ton. As a matter of fact, Memnite, I might be using my, uh, my class named after you later tonight at some point. Who knows? Um, Hogwarts Hippie, have a great one. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what you've got cooked up next. Um, with, um, let's see, Dahlia. And, uh, of course, Dahlia. I'm looking forward to seeing what you, uh, what comes of your idea. I'm super excited. Um, and I'm gonna be recording at least one, if not two of those, depending on how many voices there are, on Monday. So, I'm super excited, and then maybe next week I can get to your, to your next one. Although, we have another project coming up that I, I might want to be, I might have to do on this, the, the Monday after. Anyway, let's get this bean sorted out so we can, so we can do a quick raid. Um, let me see. Definitely some vanilla. Um, I'm not getting any coffee. I think it's just gonna be one of like like birthday cake or something. Uh, final answer. Mm-hmm. Final answer. Toasted marshmallow. Toasted marshmallow. Mm -hmm. Horse apples. Gang, we are raiding in toward Tuna Sunday. Everyone, get ready because uh, we are about to head over. Um, we are going to be playing some Warzone. I am not going to be streaming, but he is. He is very very close. He's very close to uh, to affiliate. Let's get him there tonight, maybe, shall we? I think that would be pretty cool. Uh, let's head over there, and then hey, once we're done with once we're done with this, maybe uh, in the next couple of weeks we can get half bit there super quick. Thank you all for joining me. Let's get Tuna there. We love him. Uh, we're gonna head over there, and we're gonna play some Warzone. Have a great night, folks. I will see you next time. And uh, yeah, if you if you want to know more about the channel, head over to Discord. That's all I got, gang. I'll see you later. Bye bye. <laughs>